All right, guys, what's up? And we are live. Sorry for the delay, guys. Had a bunch of things I was preparing to make sure that we got this thing ready. But uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into the show. Here's the intro, baby. AKA the new one that I just got. Move over, Denzel. Okay, guys, I used to be a special agent on Lynch Investigations. It is this is the arrest paperwork, okay? So here is the booking uh cases that i did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking those are like two crimes that i'm very good agent very strong agent i did a lot of big cases i've done title three intercepts which is basically listening to phones i've written hundreds of affidavits to arrest people i've done uh i've been a grand jury and testified a million times i've done big cases uh i've done all right welcome back to the show guys what's up how are we doing I apologize for the delay uh we we have a lot to cover here guys so First and foremost, I want to say thank you guys. You could be anywhere else, but you're here. Quick announcements. Obviously, as you guys know, we got Money Monday tomorrow, um, and we got some special guests that are going to be in town this week. We got uh, Rolo Tomasi coming, and uh, actually, I have a special guest in the studio right now helping me out. Uh, you want to say what's up to the people, mystery person? What's up, everybody? Oh! Good to see you tonight. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been a while since we've seen you. How's life been? So far, so good. It's good. You, you want to get? You want to introduce yourself to the audience because they might not remember who you are. Or they probably or they might. A.K. Miss Karen. <laughs> Already, just so hateful. <laughs> Hi, my name is Amanda. Uh, my Instagram is oh hey it's A.K. Um, been here before, but we're moving forward now, everybody. Yeah, I, I still, we, we don't get along at all, guys. She talks a lot of shit, but, you know, she's in town. So, uh, you know, she said she would help me out with this. So, hey, here we are with it. Because this one, guys, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Somebody said a tall glass of milk. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Um, no, but yeah, this case, guys, is pretty extensive. Today, we're going to be covering the Boston Marathon bombing. And don't worry, guys, Amanda will be, uh, she'll be helping me out on this one. And then uh, she'll come on the show as well uh, this week while she's in town. I know you guys are probably going to be excited for that, a.k.a. the original Karen. But, uh <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't live that name down right you know that right like, it's, it's just... only a haircut and it's not my fault that there's mean white ladies like oh here's your other nickname hold on oh, oh it's silver sable there we go okay, I like that. <laughs> i'll take that one over a mean karen i'm not like just hateful of random people <laughs> yes that was that was the original name uh the fucking uh it was silver sable that's what it was that's funny um but yeah, guys. So um, so today we're going to be covering the Boston Marathon bombing, man. This case I have a lot of knowledge on because I was actually living in Boston at the time when this happened back in 2013. I was in college. It was in my last year. And um, funny story, go down memory lane. What? This is almost 10 years ago. So I'll never forget. So the Boston Marathon, guys, is huge in Boston. They, the, the, the town is shut down. It's like a holiday there, right? And I went to Northeastern University, all right? And Northeast University, guys, um, you know what? Let me just show you all on the map so you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So Northeastern, right, is very close to uh, – it's in downtown Boston. It's right next to um, <clears throat> where the, the the bombings happen, right? And at the time, we have our finals. Like, we get out of school early because we have something called a co-op program, right? So we would – most schools, you know, end around May. We ended uh, in April. So I was writing my final paper. Uh, for uh, it was a paper on um, what was it? I think it was on Homeland Security. It was a paper on like uh, preventing terror. Yes, it was. It was. It was a paper on preventing terrorism and, and Homeland Security. Right. Because I was a major in criminal justice. Right. And um, 
I'm in there. I got all my stuff. Like I, when I write my papers, I turn my phones off. I lock myself in my dorm. I'm writing this paper because like I'm trying to graduate, right? Because this is this is my last uh, class. And uh, and what happens is um, I get a uh, I get a uh, I get like a text, right? Um, and when I open it up, because I like I took a break from writing my paper and I, and I open up my phone and my uh, I was I was um. I was intern at the time with Homeland Security. I had just started. This is 2013. This is three years later. So I had been, I was an intern. And I was about to graduate, right? So I get a text message from my supervisor. He says, call me. And I was like, what? I'm, I'm off today. I'm not supposed to go into the office because the office is, is, in, uh, is in downtown as well. It's in the government center. And I was like, oh, fuck, did I miss work? Like, was I supposed to go or whatever? They know I have a paper. What the hell? And he calls me. He says, hey. Um, or I call him. He's like, hey, are you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's wrong? He's like, a bomb just went off at, at the marathon. I was like, what? And um, and I'll never forget that shit because I was literally writing a paper on terrorism. And, and I had I had just finished writing a paragraph, right, that um, we would never have an uh, uh, we would we will we will never have a terrorist attack similar to 9-11 ever again. How fucking crazy is that, guys? And I had just finished writing that paragraph, and then I got that call, and I had to delete that fucking paragraph. I'll tell y'all that right now, man. So um, that sticks in my memory uh, because I was literally writing a paper on terrorism to graduate from school, my last thesis paper, and I wrote that paragraph that we will – because I, I wrote about how the United States had done so much work to prevent – foreign terrorism and i said we will never get a terrorist attack again on that level and which we, we haven't but you know when this attack hit i was like damn okay I spoke too soon and yeah so i deleted that paragraph bro and uh yep had to change that 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 paper up a bit it gave me it took a little bit longer but it was uh you know uh, very fond memories uh well not the bombing obviously but like living in boston everything like that so <clears throat> so i hit some of these super chats we got sprout 23 two bucks is fnf doing a call in friday this week yes we are definitely we are we wanted to do it this friday guys but we had mj get right in, in studio uh we got having fun uh he's giving you a compliment he said boobies you have any response to that you're welcome. Okay, there we go. Uh, the, the, I know the people are going to want to know what what size are those things. They're a triple D. Triple D? God, I didn't even I didn't even know you can get get them that big. You can get them way bigger, way way bigger. Really? Yes. There's. You but think I mean, you not, know not, more not like the clown, not like the show. clown world, but not like the clown world, like porn star shit. Well, that's exactly. I mean, yeah. If you're, what else would you do? I guess, yeah. If you get it, you, you get what I'm saying. If your boobs are bigger than the rest of your body, there's only so many jobs you can probably hold down. Yeah. Oh, you want to tell the people like what you do for work and shit? Uh, what I do? Yeah, like you work in corporate. You I tell do. Me about, right about now, that? I work in corporate America. Yeah. There you go. I don't dress like this normally. Yeah. She she normally. That's why I'm saying you're welcome. <laughs> on, so we got y'all, man. Don't worry. I got you guys. Are you not entertained? All right. Anyway, uh, what else here do we got on Super Chats? Uh, okay. Um, boom. And guys, thank you so much for the donations. I appreciate it. And then, yeah. Oh, shit. It's Silver Sable. That was from earlier. And then I think there was um, Amari. Five bucks. Marin, really quick before we start. Can regular black ninjas date Middle Eastern girls that wear a hijab or does the guy have to be Muslim as well? Uh, to be honest with you, bro, you're probably going to have to convert. If she comes from a religious family, they're not going to let you marry their, their uh, daughter unless you're Muslim because uh, it's okay for a Muslim man to marry a woman that's Christian uh, or Jewish or any other religion, but it is that okay for a uh, a woman to marry a guy that's uh, not not Muslim. Uh, and then Quran Core just dropping into support. Thank you so much, Quran. I appreciate it greatly. So, okay, Boston Marathon bombing. Okay, 
So <clears throat> in case you, so let's, uh, let's, here we go. I'll share the screen, uh, screen with y'all here in a second. So guys, this, this, uh, this was probably after nine 11, I would say this was the, the worst, um, terrorist attack, uh, in, in the United States by far. Um, and hold on one second. By far the worst one after, um, and I'm going to share this screen with y'all real fast. Let me enlarge this. And we're going to go look ahead and look at all the maps and everything else like that too, guys. So, <clears throat> so here we go. Boston Marathon bombing happened uh, April 15, 2013, 2.49 p.m. This is the day that I was writing that paper and I got proven wrong. Uh, so here we go. Shout out to all the people who make fun of me for using uh, Wikipedia. I will continue to use Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, so the Boston Marathon bombing was a radical Islamist domestic terrorist attack that took place during an annual Boston Marathon on April 15, 2013, inspired by Al-Qaeda. Two terrorists and brothers, uh, the Zokar Sarnev and Tamer Lin Sarnev, planted two homemade pressure cooker bombs. Did I pronounce that right? Is it Sar is, uh, the Zokar, Amanda? Is it the Zokar or is it Zokar? I feel like I'm not I feel like merch. the person to ask. No. I don't know if, if my Can you look it up for me? Go, yes. Yeah, can you look sure. it up for me? Yes. All right. So uh <laughs> um and we go two terrorist brothers, okay, planted two homemade pressure cooker bombs which detonated 14 seconds and 210 uh yards apart at 2:49 p.m. near the finish line of the race, killing three people and injuring hundreds of others including 17 who lost limbs. Three days later, the FBI released images of the two suspects. Don't worry, guys. I got that uh, for y'all, that video, who were later identified as Chechen uh, Kyrgyzstani, American brothers, Zokar Sarnev and Tamerlan Sarnev. Uh, following the identification of the suspects, suspects, they killed an MIT policeman, uh, a.k.a. Sean Collier, rest in peace to him, um, kidnapped the man in his car and had a shootout with the police in nearby Watertown, during which two officers were severely injured one of whom, DJ Simmons, uh, Simmons, died a year later. Tamlin was shot several times, and his brother Zokar ran him over while escaping in the stolen car and died soon after. Guys, I want to tell you something, bro. This, this was... The city went into lockdown when they were looking for these guys. No one was allowed to leave their dorms when this was going down. And Watertown is a town right over. As a matter of fact, Watertown, guys, is where we had our, uh, where, um, our boathouses uh, for Northeastern University. Like when I used to go to practice here, I'll show y'all right now. Let's have some fun with this. So Watertown, right? North Eastern. Right. I literally used to go to practice. It's in, in Watertown. It's right by Harvard stadium, Northeastern university. My fucking spelling sucks. Sorry guys. University, uh, boathouse. Henderson Boathouse, right? Oh, hold on, go back. Shout out to all my all my Huskies out there. Where's the address on this bad boy? Something Soldiers Field Road. Oh, there we go. So, oh, here we go. Yep. So here it is, right? Oh, this must have been for when we had a regatta or some shit like that. So you come in, right? There's a boathouse right there, right? This is pretty much Watertown, guys, uh, where where our boathouse was, right? And you come out here, and then bang, you're, you're pretty much on like Starro Drive here, right? Or, or Soldier's Field Road. And Watertown is right down this way. So you, you, the boathouse is over here to your right. You just keep going, and that takes you into, into Watertown. Okay? That's how close it was. So we didn't go to practice. We didn't, do, we didn't leave campus. Nothing. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy when that stuff was going down. 
Um, so, okay. And we're going to, we're going to go through that criminal complaint here in a second, by the way. All right. So Desmond Montgomery, five bucks, just here to show my support. I'll watch this soon. I have a lot of brothers to, uh, others to catch up on. Been watching Donovan's old videos. Yeah. Shout out to our guy, Donovan Sharp guys. Go check him out. Um, so yeah, so they put us on, on lockdown when that all happened. Okay. So, um, so when this all happened, guys, they ended up finally catching the guys, right? They they went on this spree. They were like for five days or whatever, and they ended up finding them. And it was nuts when they found them. Uh, and I'll show you guys. I'll show you. I got a video to show you guys later on what it was like after they caught them. But let's actually, no, I can show it to you now because this this criminal complaint that I'm going to show you guys is when he got arrested, right? So the, they bombed it on the 13th, on the 15th, and then a couple of days later they got him. Um, and let me show you this video here. I'll never forget this, bro. This this was some crazy stuff. Um, pulling it up right now for you. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to share a screen with y'all here in a second. Hold on, let me move this thing. This video. All right, all right. Just to give you guys the atmosphere of what it was like in Boston at the time. Boom, and you could take that down, Amanda. Uh, okay. So um, this right here is on, I think this, I took this uh, and um, I took this video the day he got caught. Um, and this is in Mission Hill. It's all my uh, Boston people. Y'all know what time it is. So check this out, bro. <laughs> Streets are packed. I don't know why it's so laggy, but it's old. Uh, that's a young Myron right there. <laughs> With my flannel. A clean shaver back in the day, too. Un fucking real, man. Like the whole city, like the next day was off and shit. Like it was, it was crazy. It was, it was literally fucking crazy. Um, when when they caught him, because bro, you guys got to remember the city was on lockdown for like a week while they were looking for these dudes, bro. You couldn't do nothing. Everything was closed. It was like COVID, but worse. So um, yeah, that was yeah, that was back when I had hair. Now I'm fucking bald, aka. So, so anyway, guys. Um, so as you guys know, the bombs went off, right? And let me see here. If I, I think I got a video to show y'all when the bombs went off. And then we're going to read the scrumble complaint here. <clears throat> got a bunch of videos for y'all. But yeah, this case was crazy. Uh, man, what, what was going on with you when you um, when this when this bombing happened? Where, where were you when it happened? I was in college at FSU. Oh, shit. And uh, or you majoring in the, uh, over there at that time. Uh, my degree is in business, specifically okay. marketing. But what were you specifically doing? Were you like sitting in the library studying or something or what happened? Yeah, we're going to go with that. <laughs> we're going to go with that. That's exactly what I was doing. Right, well, 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 I was well, studying in the else. library. I don't remember exactly what I was doing. I. This is a very... S smashing some dude in a college dorm somewhere? That... Yeah. <laughs> I that... love how you took it there. Absolutely. No, I just don't remember you that don't remember? far back. It's pathetic. 
Well, I remember. I wasn't in. Yeah, yeah. He was in Boston at the time, out here giving me a hard time. Like, wow. Of course. Of course I bro. hope you would remember what you were doing when yeah. you were in the city. Yeah, man. I was, was in Tallahassee. It was, it was a chilling. Diff- Tallahassee. There's nothing, man. There, there ain't nothing in Tallahassee, bro. There's two colleges. Well, well two major colleges and lots of small ones. But yeah, there's not much going on there. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, Safe college town. It, yeah. I mean, Tallahassee. There is a federal prison up there, by the way. I went up there. I remember to go interview a uh, interview a guy. Well, thank God I never <laughs> ran across any of those guys when yeah. I was up there. Well, yeah. well, it, well, actually, it's a low it's a low cost uh, prison as well, like low low security. Like there, it's like a campus. But um, anyway, <clears throat> so uh, we're I'm going to show you guys something that uh is going to give you a little bit of background on the two brothers. Okay, where they're from, etc. So they're from Chechnya, guys. And uh, yeah, I know you're like, what the fuck is that? So uh, this expert here in, uh, in Russian economics is going to break it down for y'all. Sure, that part of the world. Uh, these are still early days, but what can you tell us about kind of a primer on that region? What we know now, Marcus, is that the two suspects, the authorities say, are of Chechen origin. Uh, but that's all we really know. We don't know about any connections at all between the fact that they are of Chechen origin and what is going on or what has been going on in Chechnya. We think they spent a lot of their lives here in the U.S. Exactly. Now, Chechnya is a predominantly Muslim region of southern Russia in the Caucasus region. It is a part of Russia, the Russian Federation. Residents of Chechnya are Russian citizens. And in Chechnya, there has been a separatist Islamic insurgency since the early 90s, since the breakup of the, of the former Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, the Russian government has fought two very brutal civil wars to put down that insurgency, but it has continued at a kind of a low level for many, many years. And, there ha- and anytime, guys, you, you have, you know, conflicts like this or whatever, and it's like there's a power struggle or whatever, this is when extremists come into play. You know what I'm saying? This, these are favorable uh, situations where extremists come in and try to, you know, brainwash people into, you know, getting a bit more radical. Have been terrorist uh, incidents that have occurred in Russia because of this Chechen insurgency. But again, we have no idea whether or not there's any connection between that, between what is going on now in Chechnya and in the Caucasus region overall, and in Russia, and what happened uh, with the Boston Marathon. All we know is that these these young men, uh, these brothers, their their origin is their Chechen origin. Uh, there is a community of a Chechen community in the U.S. We don't know how close they are to to that community or to the issues back in Chechnya. That's correct. In fact, there is a very large Chechen exile community in both Europe, especially in Europe and in and, and in Turkey and in other and parts of the Middle East. They fled the civil war in Chechnya since the early 90s, and some of them, I think, have come to the United States as well. We do know, for example, it appears that one or both of the suspects have um, been involved in social media, Russian social media. They had. Um, and one of the brothers, guys, is a U.S. citizen naturalized, and the other one uh, was a green card holder. The older brother was a green card holder. The younger brother, Zokar, was a U.S. citizen naturalized. Um, taking part in kind of the Russian equivalent of Facebook or other kinds of social platforms and discussed a little bit their 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 interest, their interest in Islam, for example, things like, like that. Again, we don't really know whether that means anything, whether there's any connection between that, between what is going on in Chechnya, what has gone on in Chechnya, and what happened in Boston. Despite all those open questions, there's still some sense, you have some sense, knowing Vladimir Putin, the Russian leader, that, that, that he may look at this and say, I, I told you so. That's correct. I mean, I, I can say with some degree of certainty that in the Kremlin today, they are just saying that we told you so. They have complained for a long time. Uh, that they do not, that the West doesn't appreciate how difficult it's been for them to put down uh, 
what they refer to as terrorism, this Muslim insurgency in Chechnya and the Caucasus region as a whole. Uh, they've been criticized by the West for human rights abuses in Chechnya and in the Caucasus region as a whole. And they feel that the West hasn't... It's really crazy out there, guys. They faced. And the rest, the, the, the Russians have tried to say this is part... Yeah, so th that's the background of the two bombers, where they're from. Um, so, and they, came, and they came to the United States uh, later on. And the brother would travel often. The older brother, Tamerlan, Tamerlan's the older brother, Zokar's the younger brother. They would travel between the United States and uh, Chechnya. But the brother traveled the most, and that's where he got radicalized. So, all right. <clears throat> so, let's pull up this, uh, this criminal complaint here. Okay, guys? So, after the bombing happened, right? Uh, hold on, let me. And what I'll do is while I'm going through the criminal complaint, guys, we're going to stop and I'm going to show you guys like footage and all the other stuff so that it's a little bit more dynamic. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so after um, he got arrested, right? Uh, your boy Zokar got arrested. Um, the FBI did something called a criminal complaint. And a criminal complaint is when you have someone in custody or when you want to get an arrest warrant, you go ahead and you type up an affidavit and that affidavit uh, will get you an arrest warrant to go get your guy. And in this case, uh, they did a criminal complaint in support of an arrest warrant, and they were able to go get him uh, after he was taken into custody. And we'll talk about how he was taken into custody as well um, in Watertown uh, behind the boat. And then <clears throat> and then he was uh, indicted later on. So let me boom, let me open this up for y'all. And guys, do me a quick favor. Go ahead and like the video, man, because uh, it is not easy to prepare this stuff. Um, this These types of uh, um, streams for y'all. Okay. So let's start getting down to business here, all right? And this criminal complaint is going to share a lot of what happened. So here we go. And let me enlarge it for y'all. Oh, we got DLC in the house. What's good, brother? Uh, can you break down the Scott W. Rothstein $1.2 million Ponzi scheme? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for that donation. <laughs> Amanda, can you make a note of that? Um, uh, Scott W. Rothstein, 1.2 billion Ponzi scheme. Like text it to me or something like that. Just a reminder. All right, cool. All right, guys. So, um, see, she guys, she has like that secretary look, right? <laughs> uh, I'm here to help. <laughs> I appreciate it. You, you are helping the, us and the people. Uh, keeping entertainment up. We got y'all, baby. Uh, thank you so much, Saint. We'll make a note of that. So, um, all right. <clears throat> Uh, all right, so let's get into this. So here's a criminal complaint. Uh, I, the complaint in this case, state that the following is true to the best of my knowledge and belief honor about the dates of April 15, 2013 in the county of Suffolk in the district of Massachusetts. Uh, basically 18 USC 2332AA, use of a weapon of mass destruction, 18 USC 844, malicious destruction of property resulting in death. And uh, C, attached affidavit of Special Agent Daniel R. I think, is it Genk or Neck? Is it, help me out here, Amanda. How, how's that pronounced? This is very, is, I think that's a German last name. I would say Genk. Genk? Yeah. All right, someone in the chat help us out. All right, okay. So this is the cover page right here, right, guys? And also, if you guys want a little bit of sauce right now, um, so check this out. It was signed on uh, April 21st uh, at 6.47 p.m., and the judge crossed out Boston and put it in Brookline. Okay. Does anyone in the chat know why that happened? I'm going to, I'm going to give y'all, I want you on the chat to type in and tell me why you think he put the, uh, the judge crossed out uh, Boston and put Brookline. All my Massachusetts people, let me know. I give it 10 seconds. 
Do you have an idea why? No, no clue. So wait, guys. Why do you guys think they put Brookline instead of Boston? If anyone gets this, I'm going to be extremely impressed. Different district. That's not too far to Brookline is in a part of part of Boston proper. MBTA, I don't know, Red Town. Okay, I didn't expect any of you guys to get it. No, the, the, those are all wrong. <laughs> The reason why, guys, is because the agent went to the judge's house and probably got this arrest warrant signed. That's why. So um, it's very common, guys, when you got like, you know, crazy cases or you need a, uh, you need a warrant immediately, you'll go to the judge's house um, and they'll sign it. Uh, you'll read it to them. You swear, they'll literally swear you in at their fucking front door and they'll sign the shit. Or you will go inside and, and uh, they'll swear you in and, and you'll sign it. I've done it before where I've, uh, I've, I've went to many judges' houses to get arrest, an arrest warrant or a search warrant signed. Um, and yeah, it happens guys. It happens. It's kind of fun. You, you guys want to hear a funny story. I'll tell you guys a funny story. <laughs> so back when I was in Laredo, Texas, we're, we're uh, on this house, right? And we needed a search warrant for it. We need to get some evidence. And uh, I had agents sitting at the house, right? As you guys know, I used to work for a homeland security investigations. I didn't work for the FBI. I worked for HSI and I had guys on surveillance at, on a house and we knew that there was, you know, uh, some evidence in that house. So I went back to the office, typed up a search warrant, and then um, it's like midnight, right? It's late as hell, and they're waiting. They're waiting there at the house, so I called the duty AUSA. I said, "Hey, I need to talk to the judge," and like, and they put me in touch with the judge, right? And the AUSA is the prosecutor. And he's like, "Okay, well, this judge is available. Go to her house. This is the address." Blah blah blah. So I get in my car. I go another agent. We go over there, and I park the car. And uh, <laughs> this judge actually a really nice judge. She she's from she went to Harvard actually very funny that's me and her used to talk about the, the talk when I, anytime I went to her chambers to talk about a case uh, I went to Northeastern she went to Harvard so we would talk about Boston but anyway that's a whole other story uh, so I went inside right uh, to, to get sworn in I kid you not guys she has kids and they have like a little tea set tea set table and shit like that right with the little chairs that you could like play tea party bro I kid you not she sat me down at the tea set <laughs> and she took the affidavit from me and she started reading it and she's like, uh, she she read it, and I'm just my big ass is just sitting there like this with my knees all up and shit, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> no joke. I'm sitting there, bro, like with my fucking knees up like this, looking like a weirdo, right? All cramped and shit, and uh, and I'm sitting there, right? And I got like a vest on, like I had my vest in the car, and I, I got my guns and shit, obviously, but I had it concealed, right? Of course. But it's like, and my my buddy was wearing like was wearing uh the guy the age that came with, he's wearing like a vest and shit. He's all tacked out, and and I'm just sitting there in this tea this tea desk, and she's reading through the affidavit, reading through the affidavit, right? Because this woman she went to Harvard, so she was very very critical of affidavits, right? Making sure there's enough probable cause, whatever. And she's like, okay, this is good, and she signs it, right? And uh, well, actually, no, sorry. She said, okay, this is good. All right, uh, agent, uh, agent photo uh, is uh, put your right hand up. Boom, right? Uh, is everything in this complaint uh, true and correct to the best of your knowledge to help you God? Yes, yes, ma'am. And then she, uh, she's like, okay. And I'm sitting there swearing at a fucking tea set, <laughs> like a little uh, girl's tea set thing. And she signs it, gives it to me. I said, thank you, judge. And we went to go execute the warrant. But, uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, so because you guys could look at the time, it's uh, it's at six forty-seven. So the the judge was probably home by this time, and it's in Brookline. And Brookline's a very nice area in Boston, guys. It's like a little suburb right outside the city. That's where uh, they got a big ass Whole Foods over there, if I don't remember correct. And then there's a big ass hill too that I used to use to run up there. But that's why it says Brookline. I didn't expect any of you guys to know that, but um, but yeah, you could tell that he probably went to the judge's house to get this signed because this was obviously a, a big deal, right? So anyway, funny little story there. So going back to the to, uh, to the, the complaint. Um, so here's the affidavit, right? Now, as you guys know, um, we talk about this all the time. When you do a criminal complaint, right? The first paragraph, you always talk about who you are and um, what your experience is, right? So you know what? Matter of fact, I'll pull up another one too here, right? No matter who you are, right? You always got to, um, let me see if I can pull up one of my old complaints for you guys. I think they, is this one of mine's? Oh yeah, look, see, these people tried to dox me before and I got, and I got this. <laughs> oh man. Here, I'll pull, I'll pull this up after for y'all. But yeah, people, um, people, that, and that's the whole reason the Fed channel even, even started was because I, uh, uh, you know, they doxed me trying to say, oh, Martin used to work in law enforcement. And it's like, bro, I'm not, I'm proud of what I used to do, man. Like, I'm I never been arrested, never did drugs. Like, I'm a very clean cut guy, you know, uh, criminal complaint. I'm going to, the reason why I'm showing this to you guys side by side is so that you guys can see that regardless of where you are, see, so I'm going to share this screen. And so I'm going to move this tab over for you guys. This is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So look, so this is a, so this is, this is mine, right? This is the one that I did. And this is against the guy that I arrested. And I'll break this case down for y'all in the future, guys. But uh, same exact thing, right? In district court, Southern District of Florida, very similar, right? Versus like here, you know, District of Massachusetts, same same thing, right? And then you come here. So your first paragraph, I, Daniel R. Gang, being duly sworn at the pose. And then you come down here. I, am Fuddle, being duly sworn hereby at the pose and state as follows. And then you, I put my my little intro thing here, right? So this is my little about me, right? What I did. Okay. And, uh, and then this is what this guy did. Okay. So you're that first paragraph guys, no matter who you are, what agency you work for, whatever criminal complaints are written the same, regardless of the agency that you work, work for. Okay. So I worked with HSI. You guys can't hear me. Hmm. Hmm. Only one person said mine. Can't hear you guys. Give me one to the chat. Y'all can all hear me. Give me ones in the chat if you guys can all hear me. Test, test, test. Give me ones in the chat if y'all can hear me. Oh, I'm good. Okay. Come on, man. That one guy fucked it up for Come on, bro. Saying that, Myron, I can't hear you. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, that first paragraph, guys, is what you call an I love me paragraph where you talk about your experience. So, in that case, he talks about I was employed and I'm a JTTF. I'm like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm assigned to HSI. You know, I do, I, I did drug cases, uh, you know, immigration, customs authority, blah, blah, blah. And th these are the different titles, all that other stuff. And I started my career in Laredo, Texas, and I did investigate these kinds of crimes, right? So the point, of, the reason why I'm showing you guys this is that it's the same, no matter what agency you work for, what district court you, you're in, whatever, all criminal complaint affidavits are pretty much the same, okay? And there's a little bit of changes here and there, but the, uh, the outline is pretty much the same. And I will talk about this case um, I'll do one, one. I'll do my cases, guys, later on, because um, I know some of you guys are interested to see some of the cases that I did when I was an agent. So, anyway, let's get back to this complaint right here, okay? So, all right, I'm a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, and have been so employed since 2009. I'm currently assigned to the 
one of the Boston field office's counterterrorism squads. Among other things, I am responsible for conducting national security investigations of potential violations of federal criminal laws as a member of the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Okay, what the fuck is the JTTF, you guys are probably wondering. JTTF stands for Joint Terrorism Task Force. So, guys, every big major field office in the United States for the FBI has a JTTF. And basically what that is is it is uh, a partnership between several different agencies, both federal, uh, federal, state, uh, local, municipal. All of them sit at the FBI field office and they work together to um, prevent terrorist attacks. Okay? So you got Homeland Security there, aka like my people, Homeland Security Investigations. You got... Um, uh, DEA there, you got ATF there, you got Dep Diplomatic Security Service, you got Secret Service there, you got um, State Department, you got everybody there. And then on top of that, you got, depending on what state you're in, right, in this case, it's going to be Massachusetts, you got state Massachusetts State Police there, you got Boston Police Department there, you got Suffolk County Sheriff's Office, you got every single agency sits at that JTTF location. They all have a, 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 C, a, a top secret SCI clearance. And they investigate basically national uh, um, counterterrorism and national security. And um, when you're a member of the JTTF, you're, you're a task force officer, for lack of a better term, and you get FBI authority, right, to investigate um, crimes against the United States that involve terrorism, all right, and national security. So he's a part of the JTTF. He's an FBI agent, a special agent, right? But you can definitely be um, like, like let's say, let, let's say, because uh, um, when I work for HSI, right? We had a couple guys assigned to the JTTF. When you work for the JTTF as a special agent under from Homeland Security, you still can do terrorism cases with the FBI. You can be the lead agent on a terrorism case as an HSI agent, you know, because you are under the JTTF umbrella. Okay, so you work for Homeland Security Investigations, but you are assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Does that make sense, guys? Um, and you know what? I can do the Times Square. The, uh, when I do the Times Square bombing case for y'all one day, um, that case was actually done by HSI agent. You know, let me see if I can pull it up for y'all right now. Times Square bombing criminal complaint. Let's see if I can get this thing. I'm I'm almost certain it was a uh, it was an HSI agent that that did this case. Oh, let's see here. If I if I'm right, I'm I'm fucking on point. Let's see. Nope, not that one. Okay, I digress. It was, I think it was, a, it was, a, was it the underwear bomber then? Maybe it was the underwear bomber. Okay. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, during my tenure as an agent, I've participated in numerous national security investigations. I've received extensive training and experience in the conduct of national security investigations and those matters involving domestic and international terrorism. Okay. And just so you guys know, the FBI is the lead agency when it comes to terrorism. If you're doing a case and then you find like a, a terrorism nexus, you are mandated to contact the FBI. And when I say you contact the FBI, you contact the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, okay? Um, during my employment with the FBI, I've conducted and participated in many investigations involving violations of the United States laws relating to the provision of material support to terrorism. I participated in the execution of numerous federal search and arrest warrants in such investigations. Um, you guys are probably wondering, what is material support to terrorism? Basically funding it. You know, so if you give... Uh, Aid, finances, protection, whatever it is, to someone that's a terrorist, it's it's a it's it's a it's obviously a federal crime. I've had extensive training and many methods used to commit acts of terrorism contrary to United States law. This affidavit and this agent was new, guys. This remember this was back in 2013. This guy had only been on the job for about four years. Um, this affidavit is supported in support of an application for a complaint charging Zokar Sarnev of Cambridge, Massachusetts, for using a weapon of mass destruction against persons of property at the Boston Marathon on April 15, 2013, resulting in death. Uh, and it, it, three people died, guys, from this bombing. 
And I'm going to show you guys exactly where I went off as, as well. We're going to go into the Google Maps and do all that as well. So um, more specifically, I submit this affidavit in support of an application for a complaint charging Zokar Sarnev with one, unlawfully using uh, and com conspiring to use a weapon of mass destruction, namely an improv improvised explosive dice device, a.k.a. an IED, against persons and property within the United States used in interstate and foreign commerce and in an activity that affects interstate and foreign commerce, which offense and its resulted affected interstate and foreign commerce, including, but not limited to, the Boston Marathon, private businesses in eastern Massachusetts, and the city of Boston itself, resulting in death in violation of 18 U.S.C., 233A and two maliciously damaging and destroying by means of explosive real and personal property used in interstate and foreign commerce and in an activity effective inter affecting interstate and foreign commerce resulting in personal injury and death in violation 18 USC. Okay. Translate that to English. Hey, you blew up some shit that affects the United States ability to conduct commerce because these are businesses, right? And you and you you blew up not only businesses, you affected an international race, you hurt civilians, and all of this affects interstate commerce. So now us, the FBI is coming in, asshole, because you've affected interstate commerce, commerce, which means now the feds have jurisdiction. OK, that's basically what he's saying there. And he's obviously they have to word it in a certain way so that it covers all bases. But anytime you guys affect anytime you affect interstate commerce, when you're uh, committing a crime nine out of ten times. You're going to uh, now now you hit for federal jurisdiction and they can take the case. OK, and we talked about this with Rico. We talked about this with kidnapping. We talked about this with child pornography. Uh, when you affect interstate commerce, guys, that is how the feds get in. OK, let's continue on. You guys enjoying the show so far? Give me some ones in the chat. I'm already giving you a bunch of heat. Man, do you learn anything? I'm learning a lot. You are? I really am. Okay, awesome, awesome. I watch a lot of true crime, but nothing This like is the this. true, true crime. This is the it, true, it, true crime. This is the true, true crime. Uh, okay, so uh, this affidavit, oh, really important. So every affidavit, you always got to put this into. Remember how I told you guys you got you need that boilerplate language? Like the first one is your I love me paragraph where you talk about yourself. And then this part is where you talk about, um, th this part right before you go into the facts. You always tell the judge that's going to sign it. This is not the entire investigation. I'm merely writing enough to get probable cause. This is not everything. This affidavit is based upon my personal involvement in this investigation, my training experience, my review of relevant ev evidence and information supplied to me by other law enforcement officers. It does not include every, uh, each and every fact known to me about the investigation, but rather only the facts that I believe are sufficient to establish requisite probable cause. And the other thing too, I want to tell you guys as well, when you're doing a criminal complaint, nine out of 10 times, you got the guy in custody and you're trying to bring him in front of a judge. You're trying to get him into the court system. So you're going to go ahead and charge the easiest charge to charge with the least amount of evidence required just so that you can get him in jail. And once he's in jail, boom, now you and the AUSA can work together and work on a more formal indictment. OK, that's going to be a little bit stronger. But the criminal complaint is merely a piece of uh, it's, it's merely a court document that allows you to put cuffs on a guy, throw him in jail so that you can go ahead and get everything else together. Because when you're building a federal case, guys, it's not like a regular state case. You got to have a lot of evidence. So you do the minimum required, get him in jail, work with your AUSA. Then you come back a week or two later, because after you arrest someone, you have about 10 or 14 days, depending on this district to indict them, which an indictment, guys, is a formal charge, okay, by a grand jury. A criminal complaint is not enough to criminally charge them. It's just enough to get them in jail, but not enough to actually uh, get a court case uh, with federal prosecution that is criminal. That's why when you look at the case number, right, it goes one. So this is <clears throat> 
fiscal year and then CR means criminal. So this is what happens after the case gets indicted. But if you guys notice, and I've shown you guys this before, it says MJ when it's not indicted. That means it's magistrate, which means it has not been indicted by a grand jury yet, which means it's not it's, it's not official official. Does that make sense? Give me ones in the chat if that made sense to y'all. Because I, I don't want to like uh, kill you guys with... um. Give me ones in the chat if that makes sense. Does that make sense, Amanda, for you? It's a, kind of like a placeholder. She's like, fuck this. Just let's keep going. No, well, I'm <laughs> taking what you're saying in. Uh -huh. It's a lot. I ain't gonna lie. I'm throwing a lot a at lot. you guys. I it see it too. I see one guy said too. Islam one. <laughs> I don't know if that's trolling or not. Um, yeah. So the criminal complaint guys get your foot in the door. Okay. Of the court in, in the court system. <clears throat> All right, so uh, the Boston Marathon is an annual race that attracts runners from all over the United States and the world. According to the Boston Athletics Association, which administers the marathon, over 23,000 runners participate in this year's race. The marathon has a substantial impact on interstate and foreign commerce. See, you guys? See how he, he's, he's, he's creating venue, okay, by saying that. For example, based on publicly available information, I believe that the runners and their families, including those who travel to the Boston area from other states and countries, typically spend tens of millions of dollars each year at local area hotels, restaurants, and shops in days before, during, and after the marathon. In addition, a number of the restaurants and stores in the area near the finish line have special events for spectators. See? Building venue. The final stretch of the Boston Marathon runs eastward along the center of Boylston Street in Boston and Hereford. Uh, Hereford Street to the finish line, which is located between Exeter and Dartmouth Streets. Low metal barriers line both edges of the street and separate the spectators from the runners. Many businesses line the streets of the Boston uh, of the Marathon route in the area near the finish line. Businesses are located on both sides of Boylston Street, including restaurants and department store, a hotel, and various retail stores. Okay, so I got y'all right now. You guys are probably wondering, Yo, Myron, what the hell are you talking about? I got y'all, baby. So this is the finish line for the Boston Marathon right here, guys, okay? Um, this is Boston Street, uh, one of my favorite streets, actually. It brings back a lot of good memories. Uh, this is walking distance from where I used to go to college, guys. And the first bomb went off right here. I don't know if you guys can see that. That's Marathon Sports right there, okay? And this is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 673 uh, um, uh, Boylston street and boylston street guys if i'm going to give you guys uh like in a, of what it is uh, think of boylston street as like like almost like a ro uh, like a rodeo drive almost or or a, or a fifth ab because the thing is on boylston right you got boylston here and then you go one street over here and now you got newberry right it's crazy that i remember all this so yeah this is newberry right here Okay, Newberry Street. And um, this is like where a lot of expensive shops are, um, you know, a lot of fine dining, uh, fancy stores. Um, th this is here on Newberry. Oh, yeah, here's the Nike store. I remember this Nike store. I used to go to this Nike store all the time. God damn, bringing back a lot of memories. Uh, yeah, good times. Um, anyway, so you come back here, right? Now you're back on Boylston, right? And is Bank of America, right? And then I remember this Lord and Taylor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that this is where the, the bombs went off, guys, on, on, uh, on Boylston Street. So I'm going backwards right now. Boom. Where am I at right now? This is... Uh... Oh, it's back this way. But you guys get the idea, right? <clears throat> so let me minimize this. 
many businesses. So you guys see Boyle Street, as you guys can see across. There's a lot of stores, right? A lot of lot of commerce being done here. Uh, many businesses line the streets of the Marathon Route in the area near the finish line. Businesses are located on both sides of Boylston Street, including restaurants, a department store, a hotel, and various stores. Okay, and when I think when he means hotels, this is the big one. So above this, um, this Lord and Taylor, there's a hotel here. I, f I fucking forget. And the Prudential Center is right here too. And the Prudential Center, if you guys are wondering, is like the iconic Boston building. Uh, you can actually see it from. Can you see it from here? I feel like I'm there. Uh, it's over this way somewhere. You can't. This fucking building right here is blocking it. But it's right here. It's Lord and Taylor. There's an Apple store on the street as well. God damn it. So you can get lost on Boston Street, man. You walk too far. Here's the Apple store right here. This is the Apple store. And so as you guys can see, man, it, 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 a, lot of, a lot of nice stuff. Okay, so here's the Prudential Center right here, right? This is, this is the, uh, you can cut through. And there's a mall in here as well, all right? And then let's, let's see if we can look up. Okay, so this is the, you can't see it here, but this is the Prudential Center. It's like, this is, uh, the, this building is blocking it, but the Prudential Center is the, uh, like the main, it's like the Empire State Building of Boston. Okay. And then right here. And then this is, what is this right here? This is, um, this is a mall. I forget what this is. Is it a museum? I forget. Anyway. Okay. Let's go back. So, but the point I'm trying to establish here, guys, is that there's a lot of businesses, stores, and restaurants, um, here. Someone said I missed it twice. <laughs> now I got it this time. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let me... I love that you could identify the Apple store very clearly, though. Yes. Good like branding. That right? is a, that's a great place just for, uh, I just love that you remember that. Clearly you went many times, correct? <laughs> yeah. I went because my iPhone was always messing up. <laughs> <laughs> now it's because it's a really nice Apple store. It's like two stores, uh, two floors, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stores around there. So yeah, we would, oh, also because, I used to, when I was in college, I used to run a lot. I used to run like miles and miles and miles. And the running route that we used to take, you all, you always would run down Boylston. So that's another reason too, why I was very uh, familiar. Cause it makes me think there is probably a girl that just worked there or something that you mm -hmm. liked or something. So that's why you remember the Apple store. I was like, I don't believe all this, but I, I, I like the story. It was though. running route, it was man. really good. It was running route. You're just jealous because you couldn't run like that back then because uh, your booze would bounce all over the place. I am not a runner. Look, I'd rather, much rather lift heavy weights. Yeah, because if you run, run. things are going to pop out. Like, hop you have to, or you do have this to once. Wear, do this once. Well, I guarantee you can't. Or you have the to wear a really hard, like, compact sports bra, which is not well, do that again for the people? Was that? Oh, shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, the, it, something that tight, it's not fun. Well, you're about to get us on trouble on YouTube right now. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, let's keep going on April 15, 2013 at approximately two forty nine PM. While the marathon was still underway, two explosions occurred on the North side of Boston street along the marathon's final stretch. And I just showed you guys, um, it was right there in front of, uh, marathon sports. The first explosion occurred in front of 671 Boston street. And the second occurred approximately one block away in front of 755 Boston street. So, let me show you guys where 755 Boston is. 
take you guys there with me. All right, so. Back. Okay. So seven, seven, five. So we got seven, five, five, Boston. Move this so you guys can see what I'm doing here. Bam. Seven, five, five. Wilson. All right. Here we go. Wait. No, not Comav, man. Get out. Get me out of here. Comav, by the way, guys, is where the enemies are, aka um, uh, Boston University. Fuck those guys. Where? What the hell? Why won't it take me there? Street View. Street View, man. How do I get this to Street View? Man, do you think you can help me here? Worst assistant ever. <laughs> I, do you want me to come over there, or do you want me to pull it up on well, my little yeah. computer? Um, What the fuck? You know I'm not sure, because here. in my mind, I'm like, can't you just hit this little button? I think I got it here. 755. Yeah, it's so that, it's so cumbersome, man. That little button. Yeah, but I had to go. I had to like do it again. These guys are fucking trash. Okay, so, all right. So this number here. So here's a. Okay, so here, bam, here it is, right here. So this is where the the second bomb went off, guys. Right here, seven fifty five. All right, and then the other bomb went off down there at the finish line, further down, which I showed you guys before in front of Marathon Sports. Right. So. All right, move this over here. All right. Uh, where are we at? Okay. The explosive devices were placed near the metal barriers where hundreds of spectators were watching runners approach the finish line. Each explosion killed at least one person, maimed, burned, and wounded scores of others, and damaged public and private property, including the streets, sidewalk barriers, and property owned by people and businesses in the lo locations where the explosions occurred. In total, three people were killed and over 200 individuals were injured guys i mean yeah this was this is really bad and um just to show you guys kind of uh the magnitude of this right i'll go ahead and show you guys a real time right now um the boston marathon bombing <clears throat> like it, it, it so i'm gonna give you all a warning right now uh what i'm gonna show you guys is gonna be probably pretty graphic but um i think it's important so you guys can kind of uh, get a grasp of of what we're what we what, what happened here. Oh, also, this guy I'm about to show you. Hold on, let me see if this is the correct video. Oh no, this was his interview. No, this is not the one. And and I'm also going to show you guys the uh, press release as well that the FBI released. Um, that one was crazy as well. Uh, where's where? Where are we at? Um, give me one second, guys. I'm pulling it up right now. Where the hell? Boston. Is this it? Nope. Hmm. Oh, okay. Here. So let's, I got a timeline here. That I'm show okay. That at 2:41 on the day of the bombing, both of the brothers 
had assembled next to each other right down here, a short distance away from the bombing. So they were standing down in this area together. They weren't there a very long time because precisely at two... This is the older brother right here, Tamerlan, and then that's Zokar in the white. 42. At 2.42, the older brother took off with his backpack headed up toward the start of the race. This image is reversed because of where the camera is, but in fact, he's headed up toward the race, according to what the authorities say. So what was the younger brother doing? They say that he remained standing in this position until 2.45, and at 2.45, that's when they say the younger brother also started heading up the street. But he did not go nearly as far as his brother went in this process. In fact, what he did is he walked up to another position a little bit further up. I'm gonna bring that up so you can take a better look at that. As he went up to this other position, he found that his, bro his brother had gone well on ahead of him. And at that point, then he had to settle in himself to get ready for the, uh, the, the action that they apparently had planned here. So what happened at that point? As he's standing here alongside the line and his brother is further up the way, he talks on his phone apparently, takes a cell phone photograph as best they can tell, and 30 seconds before the first blast apparently is on the phone speaking to someone. It's not clear who. And remember, guys, the first bomb went off at Marathon Sports, which is at the finish line. And I'm going to show you guys footage of that here in a second. At that point, then you see the first explosion take place further up the way right up here boom finish line a short distance to the second explosion which i just showed you guys 755 seconds he's been on the phone the first explosion occurs he pauses and remember there was a 12 second pause and so this is 755 right here guys this, this is 671 this is now marathon sports and then this away, is a restaurant leaving his backpack behind and 10 seconds after he walks away right so that is just so you guys kind of get a map of where where this stuff happened now i'm going to show you guys this this is real time Appears time for maximum impact. Just before 2:50 p.m., this is the viewpoint seen by many of the 26,000 marathon runners who are approaching the finish line. The first of the two explosions rocks the sidewalk along the course. White smoke blasting into the air, blowing metal barricades into the street, spewing shrapnel into crowds gathered at the finish. moment captured from multiple angles just as the race clock approaches the four hour and ten minute mark. Marathon runner Bill Ifrit is knocked to the ground. Twelve seconds later, as many flee the Something scene, a second explosion goes off about 130 yards from the first, less than a block away. Guys, this is crazy shit, right? Like, man, th this was... Whew, man, okay, that's uh, out of the stairs. It's very loud. It's the ground shook. You could just feel it going down through you. As the injured lay on the pavement, blood staining the ground, emergency medical technicians, Boston police, and some 400 National Guardsmen already on hand for the race immediately triaged the wounded. The event's medical tent was transformed into a trauma unit. I saw one guy with his legs gone at the knees, some ankles and feet missing, shrapnel wounds on people on the sides of the head. By 3 p.m., just as the president is being briefed on the attacks, reports trickle in of yet another explosion. 
this time at Boston's JFK Library. It's later deemed unrelated, but in the growing... I remember that, man. The, the, guys, pandemonium when this was going down, bro. Pandemonium. People were like... Because because no one knew, right? So so the reason why this was, this was so scary was because at this point, no one knew what the hell was happening. Like Because it, it, it was like, what the... F like, what? Pressure? What? Like, a bomb went up? Like, everyone was like, what's going on here? Right? So, uh, so they pretty much automatically, like, instituted... Everyone's got to, you know, stay indoors... And, you know, of course, as you guys know, anytime something crazy happens like this, like an attack or whatever, there's going to be people trying to troll. So someone's going to make a fake threat about, you know, the library or whatever. And those other locations, too, that were being named as potential target areas. So this was crazy, guys. Confusion. There are reports of additional devices. Oh, not to mention this. Most of the police force is tied up here. Just so you guys know, the Boston Marathon is huge, guys. It's probably one of the biggest marathons what I would say is it the probably the most prestigious marathon in the United States? You would say? I would say it's definitely one of the most well known. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's the most prestigious. To be honest, um, I, I think because you have to qualify for the Boston Marathon, so twenty thousand plus people, you know, are there. So a lot of security. Because here's the thing: when they do the Boston Marathon, guys, the state, the local, the feds, everyone is participating to help with security at this event. So everyone was tied up here. Okay. Several schools and hospitals are briefly evacuated. Meanwhile, over 130 victims are being transported to six area hospitals. And just after 6 p.m., President Obama addresses the country, vowing to find those responsible. Make no mistake, we will get to the bottom of this. Any responsible individuals, any responsible groups will feel the full weight of justice. Crazy. All right. So that gives you guys a glimpse as to like what it what it was uh what was going on on the on the ground. All right. Uh hey, Wolf, that is when the second blast occurred right down here. So Okay. So let's get back to the complaint. So now you guys can visualize what the hell's happening here, right? Now you guys know where where the bombs went off. The explosive devices were placed near the metal barriers where hundreds of spectators were watching runners approach the finish line. Each explosion killed at least one person, maimed the other. Okay, read that one. Uh and wounded scores of others and damaged public and private property, including the street, sidewalk, barriers, and property owned by people and businesses in the locations where the explosions occurred. In total, three people were killed and over 200 individuals were injured. So, um, <clears throat> and you guys saw in the in the video, you know, all the bloodstained sidewalk all the, and all the people that were hurt. Uh, the explosion had a substantial impact on interstate and foreign commerce. Among other things, they forced a premature end to the Boston Marathon and the evacuation and temporary closure of numerous businesses along Boylston Street for several days. Yes. Yeah, so, guys, just so y'all know, okay? Uh, and I know this because I was there in Boston. They shut Boylston down for a week, guys. They sh shut down. You could not walk down it, whatever. The, the police had that thing locked down. And since I was an intern at the time, I already knew it was because they were going to each business, getting the footage, right? They're getting all the camera footage from, from, uh, from everybody. All right. And this is where we're going to talk about the surveillance footage right now. So I have reviewed videotape footage taken from a security camera located on Boylston street near the corner of Boylston and Gloucester, uh, Gloucester street at approximately two thirty eight PM based on a video's duration and timing of the explosions, approximately 11 minutes before the first explosion, two young men can be seen turning left eastward onto Boylston from Gloucester Street. Okay, you know what? You got let's uh, let's pull this straight up real quick. All right. Um so we'll take this right here. It's um corner of Boylston and Gloucester Street. Okay. Corner of Boylston and 
Gloucester. Right? Bam. So we're looking. Is this right here? Hey, Whiskey Priest, I remember this place. <laughs> I Another see. great place. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you, you, ever, you ever been be there? I can't say anything. Yeah, you ever been there? Of course I've never been there. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, guys, this is a, this is a place I used to go all the time, bro. Because Whiskey Priest, this is a bar right here when I was in college. Um, and I didn't drink that much. I would go in there a lot of times sober because my friends would go there. Because there was this other bar. Man, this is I hot. didn't drink that much, but my friends did. So here's Gloucester and, and uh, Boylston right here, guys. Right. So right there on, on whiskey, uh, right here, whiskey priest. And the reason why I used to go to whiskey priest actually was because I didn't even know whiskey was on that, that corner. I think this is closed now, if I'm not mistaken, but this place opened till 2 AM, right? The other place I used to go to, which was, let's see if it's here. Hey, McGreevy's is over here too. And then you got poor house. Uh, Damn, where is it? It's it's a it's a bar called Lear. I don't know if is it still here. It's called Lear. Oh, I used to go to the Trader Joe's all the time, man. This was like the only Trader Joe's close to campus. This brings back really. How good do memories. you stay away from the snacks in there? Uh, that is a good question. Uh, <laughs> I feel yeah, because those snacks, snacks will make you fat. Yeah, they, they they will make you fat. That is true. They they will make you fat. Um, it's Walgreens, Bank of America. No, no, no. Lear is back up this way, man. There was a bar, guys, called L-I-R. Okay, Lear. And it used to only be open until 1 a.m. Oh, wait. Oh, here it is. Right here. I'm fucking blind. This is it right here, guys. Lear. Right? It's, it's, uh, yeah. And you can go up here to the top part as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, look, for lease. So, right. they're, they're I think it's closed now. Yeah, for lease. But I used to, I used to, this, this is what I used to do, bro. We go to the, we'd, uh, I, when I went out on like a Saturday night, cause that was the only night we could go out anyway when I was in college, we would go first, we start here, McGreevy's, then you come here to Poor House, then you go to Lear, Lear had the baddest bitches, man, goddamn. But this place would always close at one though, which was kind of lame. The the closing time guys in, in Boston is, uh, is 2 a.m. So then I would walk over to Whiskey Priests. So these two idiots, two terrorists, Tamerlin and, uh, his brother, they first catch him right here. All right. And I guarantee, you know, is this the fucking camera? Oh, okay. I was about to say that, that might be the camera right there, guys, where they caught him. Right. Cause I know for a fact that this place has good cameras. Cause there's always fights in front of this bar. So I'm not surprised the FBI was able to pull footage from right here. More than likely this is probably where they got it. Let's go back to the complaint. Are you guys enjoying this? By the way, we're actually like putting it together. How the agent did. Um, all right, let's go back. At approximately 2.38 p.m., based on the video's duration and timing of the explosives, i.e. approximately 11 minutes before the first explosion, two young men can be seen turning left eastward on a Boylston from Gloucester Street. Both men are carrying large knapsacks. The first man, whom I refer to in this affidavit as Bomber 1, is a young male wearing a dark-colored baseball cap, sunglasses, a white shirt, dark coat, and tan pants. Okay, so just so you guys know, let me uh, get those images up for you guys so you're not, co not confused. Um because I can see already how this might be confusing because they label. And the reason why they label it Bomber 1 and Bomber 2, guys, is because they're kind of walking you through, hey, we haven't identified these guys yet, so this is how we're going to, like, do it, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm going to pull up this image for you guys real, real quick. Uh, Boston Marathon bombing. Okay. And I'm doing this real time with you guys, right? So I go here, images. So 
I'm loading up this image right now for y'all. Okay, so, so back to the complaint, right? Scroll up here. Bomber one, wearing a dark colored baseball cap, sunglasses, and a white dark coat, right? So that is, you guys can see him right here. This is Tamerlan Sarnav, guys. This is the older brother, all right? This guy's the more radical one. And then here's the younger brother, the Zokar Sarnev. So Tamerlan and the Zokar, okay? Zokar has white, older brother has black. That's the easiest way to remember it. But for the purpose of this affidavit, they're referring to Bomber 1 as the older brother. All right? The second man who I might refer to as Bomber 2 is a young male wearing a white baseball cap backwards, right? As you guys can see right here. Um, a gray hooded sweatshirt. Uh, a a lightweight black jacket and dark pants. As set forth below, there is probable cause to believe that Bomber 1 is Tamerlan Sarnev and Bomber 2 is brother Zokar Sarnev. And then guys, just one more time, because I don't want you guys to lose track of who is who, because we're about to start getting crazy here very soon on this affidavit. So remember, younger brother, Zokar, older brother, Tamerlan. This is the one that's still alive. This guy ends up dying later on. Let's continue on. We guys are enjoying the broadcast. Also, do me a favor. How many people we got watching right now, Amanda? Top left corner in red. Am I retarded? I think so. One thousand. I, I, I mean that that maybe it may be user error, which I'll accept. No, it's one thousand on the top left. You don't see it, it's on the corner. The right or left corner? Left, left corner of the screen. Oh, here. Yeah, you see it? Yeah. What is it? 1,000? Well, he's saying in red. It's not in red. Well, it's, it's next to the next live to button. Next to a little oh, eye button, go, here sir. Here go. More excuses. 1,088. Guys, do me a favor. It is. It was user. Like the video. Sorry. If you guys don't like me, then like the video for um, if Amanda's tips. If you don't tits. like it, exa- I was, that's where I was going. Yeah. Come on. There you go. What, what is it again? Double, triple Ds or something like that? Yeah, triples. God damn. Dude, is it hard to find bras? Actually, no, not to triple D. You can still buy Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret has them in SS. Yeah, really? and you can even buy them online. I think once you get to like F's, G's, mm-hmm. H's, which are all sizes, much bigger than F's? triple. Yes, boy, they get. They be getting wild up in here. I don't know where you buy those brawls, but I would try to special order them online. You can buy everything online. Okay, I, I didn't know they had F's, and then G's. Yes, and I'm pretty sure they go to H's. Let me do some research right here and oh, get okay. back to you. Where, yeah, where do something, show- goddammit. All right. Hey, I'm here to look pretty and try to be helpful yeah. a little bit. You could have told me the right color, sir. Useless. Anyway. <laughs> All right. This. Uh, so here we go. Uh, the second man. Uh, okay, so Bomber 2. As set forth, there is probable cause to believe that Bomber 1 is Tamerlan Sarnev and Bomber 2 is brother Zokar Sarnev. After turning out to Boylston Street, Bomber 1 and Bomber 2 can be seen walking eastward along the north side of the sidewalk towards the marathon finish line. Okay? And, again, let's let's uh, let's get this map up for y'all, right? Um, I'll just put in uh, 671 Boylston, right? Because we know that's the finish line pretty much. So, here, let's go with the big overview. So... Where so basically, 
And I'm pulling up the map for y'all real fast. You know the camera's still on me, right? Oh, it's on you still? Just saying. I mean, I'm sure everybody appreciates it, but I'm just kind of over here doing a little stupid research. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so what was it again Uh, about F and G bra sizes? Yeah, how far we can go up here. I mean, there's got to be something, or there's got to be a plastic surgeon assistant in the chat or something that can tell us. Potentially. Potentially. Uh... Let's see here. Okay, so where, where are we? All right. So at, after turning onto Boston Street, Bomber 1 and Bomber 2 can be seen walking eastward along the north side of the sidewalk towards the marathon finish line. Bomber 1 is in front of Bomber 2, is a few feet behind them. Additional security camera video taken from a location farther east on Boston Street, as well as contempor- contempor- contemporaneous photographs taken from across the street. Show the men continuing to walk together eastward along Boylston Street towards Fairfield Street. I have also reviewed video footage taken from a, a security camera fixed above the doorway of the Forum restaurant located at 755 Boylston Street. Okay. So, again, so there was a camera right here. Let me see if I can find the camera. Why is that blurred? Oh. Okay, I'm gonna share the screen with you. I'm gonna move this over here for y'all. So here's seven five five right here, guys. Camera's price somewhere in this area here. Then you got Starbucks right by. Yeah, all these businesses are definitely gonna have cameras. So somewhere above here. Um. Okay which was the site of the second explosion. This camera is located approximately midway between Fairfield and Exeter streets and points out in the direction of Boylston and is slightly, it turns slightly towards Fairfield at approximately 2.41 PM. Based on the video's duration and timing of the explosives, Bomber 1 and Bomber 2 can be seen standing together approximately one uh, half block from the restaurant. At approximately 2.40, I think that might be the picture I showed y'all earlier of them together. Uh, at approximately 2.42 PM, approximately seven minutes before the first explosion, Bomber 1 can be seen detaching himself from the crowd and walking east on Boylston Street towards the marathon finish line. Approximately 15 seconds later, he can be seen passing directly in front of the Forum restaurant and continuing in the direction of the location where the first explosion occurred. His knapsack is, sti- his knapsack is still on his back. At approximately 2.45 p.m., Bomber 2, this is, uh, this is Zokar now, right, can be seen detaching himself from the crowd and walking east on Boylston Street towards the marathon finish line. He appears to have the thumb of his right hand hooked under the strap of his knapsack and a cell phone in his hand. Approximately 15 seconds later, he can be seen stopping directly in front of the Forum restaurant and standing near the metal barrier among numerous spectators with his back to the camera facing the runners. He can th- he then can be seen apparently slipping his knapsack into the ground. You know what? Let's see here if I can get you all footage of that. Guys, like the video, man. Like the video. We're going to do this together. All right, so I'm going to search and find this for you guys. Uh, this exact piece of footage. Right, we're going to we're going to search this. So this car. Right. All right, so let's see here. Cuz I know they got um I know they definitely got the footage probably of him uh leaving it. So here he is running from the explosion, guys. Right? Which eventually leads to so Zokar Zarnayev sprinting from the scene. 
the day was shown through surveillance footage captured at different angles. The footage shows Joe Carr wearing a white baseball cap, walking with his older brother, Tamerlan, the alleged mastermind behind the tragedy that killed three and left hundreds injured. Then we see Joe Carr alone, standing near the youngest right here, of the bombs, eight-year-old Martin Richard. Soon after the explosions, we see the surviving admitted bomber running from the scene, still wearing the recognizable hat. Approximately 20 minutes later, he is seen in Whole Foods buying a gallon of milk without the hat. For the captured at different angles. Yeah, he went, to, he went to the Whole Foods uh, out there and I think in Cambridge. Angles. The footage was shown through prosecution set up a timeline of events, which eventually leads they are to down. Joe Card Zarnaya sprinting from the scene. The day was shown through surveillance footage captured Here at they different angles. The That's the corner. I think this is the corner of uh, Whiskey Priest that we talked about, Boylston and, and Gouster Street, guys. But it shows Joe Carr wearing a white baseball cap, walking. So here they go. There's a Prudential Center right here, by the way, guys, that I showed you earlier. This is the back of the Prudential Center. Their Tamerlan, the alleged mastermind behind the tragedy that killed three and left hundreds injured. Then we see. So he leaves the he leaves the bag there. Joe Carr alone, standing near the youngest fatality of the bombs, eight-year-old Martin Richard. Soon after the explosions, we see the surviving admitted bomber running runs from away. the scene, still wearing the recognizable hat. Approximately. All right. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to bring this affidavit to life for you guys so you guys can like see what's going like it's one thing if I read it, but if I show it to y'all, is it's it's a lot better. So <clears throat> approximately 15 seconds later be seen directly uh he can be seen stopping directly in front of the form restaurant standing near the metal barrier among numerous spectators with his back to the camera facing the runners. See you guys and I just showed you guys that it's this right here. Uh right here. Bam. This is what they're talking about. See? There he is facing the runners. Back to the camera. He then can be seen apparently slipping his uh, knapsack into the ground. A photograph taken from the opposite side of the street shows the knapsack on the ground at Bomber 2's feet. The forum restaurant video shows that Bomber 2 remained in the same spot for approximately four minutes, occasionally looking at his cell phone and once appearing to take a picture with it. At some point, he appears to look at his phone, which is held at approximately waist level, uh, and may be manipulating the phone approximately 30 seconds before the first explosion. He lifts his phone to his ear as if he is speaking on his cell phone and keeps it there for approximately 18 seconds. Well, he did the fake, uh, I'm talking to someone. Have you ever done that, Amanda? Some guy, uh, someone tries to talk to you, hey, nice titties, and you just pretend you're on the phone with someone? Um, absolutely. Okay, so you, you pulled up, okay. Absolutely. Does it work? Uh, no. No, it's way more appropriate to say, I at least try to say no, thank you. It normally doesn't get me very far, though. I never come out looking like a nice person, you know? Well, you are, also, you're a mean person. That's, that's 100%. I'm just a villain. Just you, a villain you're still life. researching those G-bras? You know, I did. And actually on the Victoria website, Victoria's Secret website, yeah. I, I learned they go up to G. And also, I learned that a double D is technically an E and a triple D is technically an F on their website. So those would wow. be the two sizes that I would wear. Okay. Well, you learn something new every day. Also, uh, I got something bigger for you. There's a lady with natural boobs that has, look at these things. Oh, I'm going to throw up in my mouth. Show me that. Let I me mean, finish this episode, woman. They're heinous. Yeah, she's those huge. are natural, and I mean, I'm pretty sure her boobs together way more than I do. And I'm God not a damn. Girl, but... 
Well, guys, welcome to Real Fed Life. It. Welcome to Fed It, where we teach you guys how to, uh, you know, teach you guys about uh, the criminal cases, and we tell you guys about bra sizes yeah. that are large. Victoria's Secret. <laughs> okay, so uh, okay, so where are we at here? See, uh, we were. Okay, looks at his phone. Okay, approximately 30 seconds before the first explosion, he lifts his phone to his ear as if he's speaking on his cell phone and keeps it there for approximately 18 seconds. A few seconds after he finishes the call, the large crowd of people around him can be seen reacting to the first explosion. Virtually every head turns to the cast um, towards the finish line and stares in that direction in apparent bewilderment and alarm. You know what? I might have footage of this for y'all too. Give me one sec. I think I have this somewhere. Uh, bear with me, guys. I got a lot of videos here. Um, that I want to show you guys. So we go back. So I'm going to move this here. Right. Also, guys, do me a quick favor. Like the video. Okay. Subscribe to the channel. If you guys like this kind of content, you know, it's not easy, obviously, to do this stuff because you got to prepare for what you're doing. Um, and the thing is... <clears throat> I like to show you guys the stuff real time so you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Because if I just talk about it, oh, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, cool. But it's like, man, you got to be able to, like, feel like you were there. You know what I'm saying? So let's see here. I know I have this video here somewhere for you guys because the first explosion happens and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? And you can, like, see it in everyone's, like, face, like, what, what the, f you know what I'm saying? Let's see here. It was this. Was it this one? Let me make sure if it's this video. Uh, Amanda, can you read some of those super chats real quick? Uh, yeah, just scroll up any of the other, any of the ones that came through. Here, there you go. Oh, switch the camera. Oh, back to you. I'm on it, guys. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible assistant. I'm really working on it. It's my first time. <laughs> Terrible. I want to see your first video. Yeah, you know what? I feel like Trump right now. You're fired. <laughs> you're fired. If you were like Trump, you would drink. He know he drinks 14 Diet Cokes a day. No way. I swear to God. Diet Coke? Yes. And he's like, what, 71? Dude, Diet this man's eating cheeseburgers, Diet Cokes. Diet Coke Zero is good, but he's Diet Coke is disgusting. Off. He's going off. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up yeah just uh yeah read, michael yeah. said that you and i are working very hard are we yes we are we are well how much did you donate two bucks? definitely worked really hard for this was it uh uh how much did you donate two dollars thank you so much yes michael. 199 appreciate thank it. you thank I'm you man i'm gonna use that to uh maybe get some to get a diet coke actually i can use it to get a diet coke <laughs> Do you even drink Diet Coke? You're way healthier uh, co than that. Co Coke Zero. Myron's Coke, way Coke more Zero fit than me, guys. Coke Zero is what I usually go for. Diet Coke, I'm not going to lie, Why is disgusting. Why not? Why do you like Coke Zero over Diet Coke, though? Um, why is do it I like... the taste? What is it for you? Uh, Diet Coke is just not that good. Boston FBI head... Okay, so here, I'll show you all this real quick. Here we okay, go. Okay, and then we'll continue. Sorry, yeah. it took me a while. Yeah, terrible. Uh, yeah, this is the FBI field office, guys. It's actually over there by Government Center. In the cart lab where agents had spent the night searching the chilling video for images of the terrorist. Uh, he was, was, was hidden in plain sight. We couldn't see anything that stuck out. You're tearing your hair out? Uh, yes, that would be one good way of describing it, yes, but just frustration. I talked to one of the agents who uh, reviewed the tape, and he said, 
you have no idea how many times I had to view the tape to get past the horror to see who it would be. That took a long time because you were just gripped by that. This is the man they were looking for but could not spot. It was very frustrating because we, we watched it over and over and over again. Any information that you have, any videos or photographs, had determined where the bomb had detonated. Right there. And in that Bam. precise spot, they could now see, see he left a the backpack, backpack there. Backpack. Right there. That's the first time you saw that's that. That's the first time we saw that bag. We said that's going to be the bomb. And then we start to look around that location of around the bag of who could have been responsible or who that bag belonged to. Was it the man in the white hat? The white baseball cap, Austin Street. And these yellow dots are all cameras. CCTV cameras. So then we started looking backwards and we play the tape backwards to make sure we see where he comes from. Going backwards, picked up first by the cameras at Walgreens. And we can see him. I showed you guys at Walgreens here. earlier. Then by the ATM camera at Bank of America in front of Should the Back Bay Social Club. The next key piece of CCTV footage we get is here at Whiskey's Restaurant. Where Whitehead is seen with a... It's Whiskey Priest, bro. Not Whiskey Restaurant. Another man wearing a black hat. And it's actually at Whiskey's where we first see them together. And so when you saw them here, then you knew that was the second person. Absolutely. That's where we have now black hat and white hat. That By the way, we found that out together, guys, before they, we even saw this video. So we found that out together first, a.k.a. the FEDA team. It's essentially our second aha moment. Now we're looking for two bombers. Yet it turns out this key video came within minutes of being erased. The system at Whiskey's records over the previous day's images every 24 hours. On the day of the bombing, mm -hmm. cameras are rolling. Huh? Cameras are always rolling. The Whiskey's manager put in an urgent call to Boston police. You know, you need to get here right away because I don't know that it's going to not recycle on top of each other. Detectives raced to the restaurant and got here just in time to unplug the system and preserve this key video. Now, more than 3,000 federal agents and police were in the hunt. It was crazy, guys, when this happened. I remember this. There was police everywhere. Um, okay. Uh, virtually every head turns to the east towards the finish line and stares in direction of apparent bewilderment and alarm. Bomber 2, virtually alone among the individuals in front of the restaurant, appears calm. He glances to the east and then calmly but rapidly begins moving to the west, away from the direction of the finish line. He walks away without his knapsack having left it on the ground where he had been standing approximately 10 seconds later, an explosion occurs in the location where Bomber 2 had placed his knapsack, okay? Um, so, okay, we got here. Video proof misogynists and feminists can work together. <laughs> I literally laughed when I just saw it go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't stop. Oh, man. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. What do you got to say to that one? Me personally? Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of hysterical. I wouldn't consider myself like a stereotypical feminist. Like, I'm not burning my bra and shit. I paid a lot of fucking money for that. I'm sorry. I paid a lot of money for that. And they're hard to find, aren't they? With that, with that size. <laughs> More just expensive. It's expensive and they are very restrictive. It's not that comfy. Mm. But nobody's buying me stuff. Kyle so Stations, $2. Once your Instagram. My Instagram yeah. is... Oh, hey, it's AK. Uh, so, yeah, man, feel free to send a, a dick pic over there. Uh, definitely, Always please Myron do and not. Amanda. No, you can send it to Myron, though. <laughs> yeah, no, don't send it to me. I'll block you. <laughs> I'll block you. Yeah, I'll block you. Send it to her.
she'll 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 take probably in. still block you and then uh michael goes again amanda and myron working hard thank you so much bro i appreciate that i want to make sure i don't miss any of these chats here uh we missed some from earlier do would you like to go up uh i can yeah i'm, I'm scrolling right now melanin lopez 50 bucks says hey just saw Devin Sharp upload an old video with you, Kevin Samuels, and others. Any chance that FNF will work with whatever again? Try y'all going one-on-one interview with Tristan Date Tape, bro. <laughs> hey man, we don't we don't have any issues on our end, bro. We like I said, me and Fresh, we're willing to work with anybody. It's, it's we're not we're cool. Uh, Mass Brofect video proof. Mis- oh, we had that one before, and that was the other one. Okay, thanks for highlighting that. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, Melon on the beat, bro. Like I said, we don't have beef with anybody, man. We don't have issues. It's it's people have issues with us. We don't do anything to them. Brad, ten bucks. What's up, Myron? Great show as usual. But I'm curious, seeing Amanda here. How did y'all resolve your differences after the viral FNF show with Chaos? You wanna you wanna tell them about that? We never had issues though. Me and her personally never had issues like that. Yeah. Again, I'm not like a. I think that maybe uh, the persona I put off is maybe I'm very tough and mean all the time. She a pussy. Uh. I'm a nice girl. Excuse me. I'm like, I'm a nice girl. Uh, I just don't like it when people come at me left, all mean and aggressive. Like, let's talk about something I know about and you don't know anything about. And we'll see who looks dumb. Bras? We can have a debate on bras. I can have a debate with you on a little more interesting things than bras. Like, yeah. give me a little credit here. Yeah, I mean, Just like a teeny bit. I mean, like a teeny bit. Uh, I mean, I I'm not know. even asking for as much credit as my boobs. Uh, sandwiches? You want, we, we could debate you, on sandwiches. You, oh, we could have a debate on sandwiches. Yeah. You'll beat me in that, though. Elevators. Great content, Myron. History. 10 bucks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm like, I've, I've got some more interesting topics. All right. Well, yeah, well, well, you home, guys will see her this week on needs. Fresh and Fit After Hours, so don't worry. What was that? Home needs. Home needs? Yeah, like what oh. you need to make your space a home, not just a place that you sleep. And Is this the part where you're going to make fun of me about the silverware now? I didn't make fun of you. I acted like a nice girl and just made sure that you got some silverware, right? Yeah, and you made a bunch of jokes about it, too. <laughs> Come on, Talking man. Talking a bunch of shit. Because I think I needed a fork or something the first time I was here, and you didn't have anything. Yeah, I'm like, like bro, how is this man living? And he's like, it's just straight looks at me. I'm a minimalist. And I'm like, look, you can be a minimalist, but at least have four forks, four spoons. Like, just as just a simple set of four. I'm not asking for much. I will say this. Everyone roasts me like, oh, you know that bar don't got, like, no utensils. You don't got nothing in this kitchen. <laughs> Everyone rolls me about that shit. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have anything. It's hey, like, well, and I don't you know need what? But again, you got some utensils, so you at least have four, right? What? Uh, you? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think I. Uh, now got, people like, uh, gotta make fun. I got of you a couple spoons and forks. Else. Thanks yeah. to you, appreciate it. <laughs> but you didn't get it to be nice. You did it to be funny. You don't have anything it was, here. It was a little bit of both, and it was also like, how can you have women like in your space and not have a cup or a fork, like? I got Some plastic girls got to eat, though. Bro, I got cast, I got cast, like, but what if cups? I'm eating something that I need some utensils? Use your hands. These talents are not made for, like, acting like an animal here. Is that how you're eating? Like, what if you eat a salad? I mean, I get some plastic spoons and forks every now and then. I mean, but a salad, you never break the plastic fork. <laughs> 
like it. Well, not all of us are trying to stab it like you. Yeah, maybe. Psycho I'm just, woman, you probably I just, eat your salad. Oh! Just, just, yeah, of course you're going to break I'm the plate when you do angry, that. I'm super angry, so I'm just out here breaking like really nice plastic forks, apparently. Yeah, man, you're probably stabbing it like uh, like, like you normally do. You forget that it's not it's not a human being. It's a salad. You can't stab it like that. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> a day in the life of Amanda, my yeah, Myron. Yeah, from, from stabbing, <laughs> stabbing salads to, you know, criminal complaints. All right. A few seconds after he finishes the call, the large crowd of people around him can be seen reacting to the first explosion virtually. Oh, no, read this one. Uh, okay. So, yeah. We're, oh, no. Uh, so, okay. We're on paragraph 15 now. Did we get all the chats? I want to make sure I didn't miss any of you guys. Uh, Amanda, you're going to be on After Hours tomorrow. Probably or uh, either tomorrow or Tuesday. One of those two days. Or both. I don't know. If she doesn't uh, punch one of the girls or something, hopefully not. We're getting I am. <laughs> you act like I've been aggressive towards anybody, except for the people that were aggressive towards me first. Of course, here we go. My feelings. Can you look so into sorry. into the curious case of Benjamin Button? Oh, very funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, here we go. So 15, I have observed video and uh, photographic footage of the location where the second explosion occurred from a number of different viewpoints and angles, including from directly across the street. I can discern nothing in that location in the period before the explosion that might have caused the explosion other than Bomber 2's knapsack, okay? Photographic identifications. I have compared a Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles RMV photograph of the Zokar Sarnev with photographic and video images of Bomber 2, and I believe based on their close physical resemblance, there's probable cause that they are one and the same person. Similarly, I have com compared an RMV photograph of Tamerlan Sarnev with photographic and video images of Bomber 1, and I likewise believe that they are one and the same person. You know what, man? Let's see if we can go ahead and pull up their driver's licenses right now for y'all. We investigating this bad boy at the same time. Driver's license, because uh, this probably this probably all came out of court, so it might be. Let's see here if they have it. Okay, so we got one. I got okay. I got the brother. Where is Tamerlan though? I mean, uh, where's Zokar? Well, here, okay. Oh, is this both? Maybe. Okay, hold on. I think I, I think this might be it. What the, bro? I hate Google Images sometimes. This is it, guys. I'm gonna just like bring it to y'all. Just gonna show the whole thing here. This is this is it right here. You guys can see it. This is what a, dri a master's driver's license looks like. Sarnev. This is the 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 brother Tamerlan. That's the older brother. I look for Zokar's uh, one, but it doesn't look like it's here. Uh, here's the middle, the infamous middle finger when he was in after he got arrested. So anyway, let's move this back over here. The bombers emerge. I base the allegations set forth in paragraph 18 through 27 on information that has been provided to me by fellow law enforcement officers, including members of the JTTF and state and local law enforcement who responded to the crime scenes, as well as on publicly available information that I deem reliable. At approximately 5 p.m. on April 18, 2013, the FBI published video and photographic images of Bomber 1 and Bomber 2 on its website. Okay, so I'm going to show you guys the actual... Um, press release they did. I remember this press release vividly. And the reason why I remember it vividly, guys, is because 
I was in Boston at the time, and I'll never forget, I was at the office, um, and you know, I got, okay, so I'll tell you all the entire story of how this went down. So let me play this video real, real fast for you. Um, oh, bam, here we go. This is it right here. Okay, I'm going to play it from the beginning for y'all. All right, here we go. That's the FBI special in charge, uh, special agent in charge for the FBI office in Boston. They announced this at 5 p.m. When they announced this, I was at the office um, over uh, in downtown Boston, the JFK building, uh, and I was an intern at the time, and we all had the TVs watching what was going to happen. Now, mind you, when this bombing happened, guys, this is what this is what happened, right? So the FBI set up a command post at their field office, and what they were doing was they had every, like anyone that was a detective, an investigator, whatever it is, anyone basically that had a badge that investigates crime, whether you're a detective, a special agent, an investigator, whatever it is, regardless of whether it's state, federal, whatever, you would go to the FBI field office, and they had hundreds of thousands of leads, guys. They had like thousands of leads, right? So you would like, hey, I think, you know, this guy might be the, the suspect. I think this guy might be the suspect. I got information here, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, the FBI can't investigate all of that by itself. They can't follow up on every single lead. So what they would do is they'd give some of the leads that weren't like the hot ones, and they'd give them out to all the other guys to make sure they checked all the boxes. Um, so you go that, you go to the, to, the, to the FBI field office. Um, you know, you obviously identify yourself. Hey, um, let's say, uh, actually, I went with one of the agents to do it. So um, I went with one of the agents. We check ourselves in. Uh, he introduced himself, hey, uh, especially to blah, 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 and they give him a piece of paper with uh, with information on it that was a tip, right, that came into the FBI hotline because they set up a whole website, guys, when they did this. They set up a website, a phone line. Like, they set up a whole command post just for this. So he would show up, get the lead, and then he'd go and interview whoever the tipster gave him to interview or he'd contact that person, whatever. So they were everyone was following up on all these leads. And anything that will, became, like, very hot, they went ahead and passed it up the chain to go to the JTTF. The JTTF group had all the main leads, but the other guys were investigating the other leads that, you know, might or might not pan out to anything. Okay. So that's how they were running this thing. So at this point, no one knows who the hell the bombers are. So this is going to be the first time that they reveal it. They have this press conference first, 5 PM on that day. And then uh, they go ahead and did, uh, put it on the website as well. So Massachusetts State Police right here, right? I think that's like probably the, the top guy. This is the top guy, Boston Police Department. And this is the commissioner right here, Boston Police Department. Special agent in charge for the FBI. I don't know who this is. Good afternoon. My name is Richard. This guy right here is a special agent in charge for Boston at the time. His name is Bruce Folkart. Okay, shout out to him. Uh, he was the, the special agent in charge for HSI Boston when I was an intern. Laurier, I'm, I am the special agent in charge of the FBI's Boston Division. Since Monday's bombings, the FBI and our law enforcement partners have been working around the clock and are fully committed to investigating the matter, this matter, to bring those responsible to justice. Our collective law enforcement team has pursued thousands of leads and tips. As I said two days ago, we are working methodically and with a sense of urgency to identify those responsible for the bombings. He's not fucking kidding, bro. It like, I, I will give the FBI their credit. When this bombing happened, they acted fast. The fact that they identified these guys so quickly, 
uh, it, it was great. They did a good job of, of uh, you know, making the command post work, getting all the agencies to work together, and they were able to quickly identify these two guys. And then once that, after this press conference, shit starts getting crazy, okay? Let's keep going. Within the last day or so, through, our, through that careful process, we initially developed a single person of interest. Not knowing that if the individual was acting alone or in concert with others, we obviously worked with extreme purpose to make that determination. The entire force of the federal government, the FBI in Boston, around the world, as well as our partners in the Boston Police, ATF, Massachusetts State Police, and more than 30 agencies of the Boston Joint Terrorism Task Force have set about to ensure that all responsible for the bombings will be brought to justice. More importantly, it was done to ensure the future safety of the city of Boston, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And yeah, guys, Eric Holder was the attorney general at the time. The country. Indeed, through that process, the FBI developed a second sub sub suspect. Today, we are enlisting the public's help to identify the two suspects. After a very detailed analysis of photo, video, and other evidence, we are releasing photos of these two suspects. Bro, this was the turning point when they revealed this. <laughs> when they revealed this, this was the turning point right here. This chain, the, 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 that's when these guys started going crazy, and we're going to read about that here in a second. But this was pretty much like the the um the shifting point. Suspects. They are identified as suspect one and suspect two. They appear to be associated. Suspect one is wearing a dark hat. Suspect two is wearing a white hat. Suspect two set down a backpack at the site of the second explosion just in front of the. Now, I remember, guys, when I was sitting there in the office looking at this, right? We, we know we came up with our little conspiracy theories that they knew who these guys were already. It's just that they wanted to see how they would respond after they put their pictures out. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Right. I can only speculate. I don't know because I wasn't a part of the JTTF, so I don't fucking know. And if I was a part of the JTTF, I wouldn't be able to tell you all this anyway. But uh, I wasn't. So I'm just having my speculations that it was an investigative technique saying, hey, we know who these motherfuckers are, but let's put their pictures out there and see what they do because we don't know where they live. You know what I'm saying? Or, or we know we we know generally who they may be because keep it, guys. I don't know if y'all noticed they knew about Tamerlan before. The FBI got a lot of uh, um, a lot of hate because they had identified Tamerlan before as a potential radical uh, 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 radical uh, Muslim. So uh, so yeah. So who knows? You know that. Uh, that's my speculation. I'm not sure, but I was, I heard from the grapevine that they knew who these two guys were, but they put this press release out to, uh, to see what they would do. Cause they already had eyes on them and they wanted to see if they could find them forum restaurant or they could confirm where they were. Sorry. We strongly encourage those who were at the forum restaurant who have not contact contacted us yet to do so. As you can see from one of the, from one of the images, guys, do me a favor, one and two like the video walking together through the marathon crowd, on Boylston Street in the direction of the finish line. That image was captured as they walked on Boylston in the vicinity of the intersection with Gloucester Street. As you can see- Which remember guys, the intersection of Gloucester Street and Boylston is where I showed you guys Whiskey Priest is, AKA where I'd go to try to pick up girls when Lear was closed and fail. Let's continue on. <laughs> the quality of the photos is quite <laughs> At good. least you're being honest. We will continue to work on developing additional images to improve their identification value. Further, on FBI.gov, we have photos of the suspects. 
The photos and videos are posted for the public and media to use, review, and publicize. For clarity, these images should be the only ones. I emphasize the only ones. This dude right here on the right is tight. Bro, he been watching. <laughs> Yo, my man on tight. Yo, he's probably an angry FBI agent, bro. He probably been watching footage all day. Like, fuck, man. Now we got to work even more. I know these dudes are about to go crazy when we show these goddamn pictures, man. He's, look at him. He, look at, he's not happy. <laughs> well, what does he look like, Amanda? What, what's your take on that? He's, he doesn't look uh, He doesn't look too happy to me. No, absolutely not. He's like, shit, I found out who they were. So now I have to do more yeah. work. I can't go yeah. home. Yeah. He's yeah. like, damn, yeah, I like, did good and these guys did bad. So I got to keep at it, but I'm not happy about it. I knew a couple of the guys that were assigned to the JTTF and the Boston office, right? Because like I said, I was an intern. So I knew, a lot, I, you know, I would help out all the different groups. Bro, those guys didn't sleep for like a week. They were out just running on leads. So this well, dude, this dude tight right out, here. Like bombing public places. It's yeah. where are they going to go next, yeah. right? It's normally, and that's you have what some master of. plan. You don't normally have one target, right? So your job is to protect the public. That was like the, when, when I was in Boston at the time. Because remember, guys, we can all be here 2020 hindsight now. You know, it's almost 10 years later. But I remember the fear in the city back then. As like, the biggest fear was like, yo, these are like backpacks or whatever. Yo. They can leave these things anywhere. I remember, um, I'll never forget. Actually, you know what? Let's go down memory lane. I remember this shit. <laughs> My friends came to visit, um, like right around that time. Mm -hmm. Like it was like a week or two after they caught him. And they still had extremely, like, if you were like at a, like MTA station at the T, the T is like the public transportation for, for Boston guys, or uh, you took a, a Greyhound or anything like that. If you left the bag alone, they were going to take it immediately. Like it was like it, it was a big fucking deal. Um, like public transportation, the security was heightened. The city was on lockdown for several days. Security, um, they, used to, they used to search bags uh, for Amtrak's and everything else like that much higher, especially when they didn't have these guys in custody. They're, the biggest fear was that they were going to keep doing this because they didn't know where they were. They knew they were somewhere in Cambridge or whatever, but like they they didn't know. So that that was the biggest thing I, I remember why everyone was so scared is because they didn't have them in custody. They didn't know if they were going to keep doing it. And the way that they were doing it was fairly, how do I say this? It was fairly simplistic to, to do over and over again. They're using pressure cookers to do this shit. Yeah. And so it's injure like, enough people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't you say 100 people? Like 200, 200 people got injured. Three died. It's not, it's, it, and it, it depends. Like if you're close in the radius, it's deadly. But, um, but most of the time it just fucked people up, but it killed three people. So you know? I would yeah. like but to fear. live without yeah. nails being, you know, yeah, exploding at me yeah. randomly. Right. Yeah. And the problem is like you said, it could go anywhere. It can go anywhere. Cause, cause the thing that made us so scary, at least with nine 11, you're like, all right, it's a plane. Right. But with this, it was backpacks. You can leave that anywhere and you can put it anywhere. So that's what everyone's scared can. Cause I saw, and I remember like after this shit happened, they locked down all the major, they locked down like the airport, the T stations, the, um, the, uh, because in Boston guys, there's a South station and a North station. Right. And those are responsible for a lot of the traveling in between the city. Right. Uh, so they, they had those places under heavy, heavy guard. I remember, man. Uh, and, and like, it was forbidden 100% to leave any types of bags around. Like if you left your bag, bro, you're going to get, it was not a good, it was not a good, uh, it was not a good look. Um, all right, let's continue on. That the public should view to assist us. 
Other photos should not be deemed. Uh, uh, Juan, Juan Pablo goes, uh, he, he said, uh, he calls you a W co-host. You have anything you want to say to that? Because I think that's a lie. I think you're an L co-host, but that's fine. Does that mean like I'm win. winning? I'm yeah, good? A win, a win hey, I, I'm doing my best. It's my first time trying here, guys. I think she's I'm an L co-host, guys. Cute. But, you know. Look. Yeah. Give it a solid effort. Just right. a freaking hater. I wish I had another hand so hater. I could give your performance three thumbs down. So, okay. Let's continue on. They unnecessarily divert the public's attention in the wrong direction and create undue work for vital law enforcement resources. For more than 100 years, the FBI has relied upon the public to be its eyes and ears. With the media's help, in an instant, these images will be delivered directly into the hands of millions around the world. We know the public will play a critical role in identifying and locating these individuals. Somebody out there knows these individuals as friends, neighbors, co-workers, or family members of the suspects. Though it may be difficult, the nation is... Five bucks from Sophia L. I... Dick pics are oh, dick pics are the human equivalent of a cat giving you a dead bird as a gift. I'm a little <laughs> behind, but great show so far. This is my new Sunday crime fix. Thank you so much, Sophia. I appreciate it. Um, and I concur with that. Like, I don't want the the dead thing. You don't want you don't you don't want the the d pics. Uh, great vid, Myron. The rapper cases are cool, but I think this is the best one yet. I hope you guys are enjoying it, man. And and I have intimate knowledge of this because I was there, man. Like I remember the environment and the, and like the whole atmosphere when this was going down. It was fucking crazy, guys. It was literally crazy. Uh, let's see here. We got Camino Kill, 12. They asked for any footage the public had from phones and cameras. I remember sending them a bunch of pictures I had from the marathon finish line. Okay, cool. Camino, shout out to you, bro. Helping uh, fight terrorism, bro. Good stuff. Um, and anyone that's from Boston knows how this affected th the state, bro. Uh, Daniel NTX, $1. Thank you. Um, and then let's see here. Okay, I think we're, are we caught up? Oh, Mo's old pants. Can you look into two, the curious case? Oh, no, read that one. Uh, and then I did we read this one? Myrina Gaines. <laughs> Amanda, if it's cold, it's probably oh, dad sorry. wanting to smash. Can you make blueberry pancakes after? This guy, bro. Is <laughs> this like a real thing? That, it, it, yeah, oh, I forgot to tell you. Like, You're going to name your We got child. a lot more trolls now that, since you've last been oh, on. okay. Yes, yeah. yes, a lot more trolls. I was a little Shout concerned. out to the internet, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You know, you've been getting quite some messages too from like our our, our haters and shit like that, right? Uh, maybe we'll reveal it to them at the end. Yeah, we'll reveal it to y'all at the end. But yeah. she's been getting or some funny shit as well. You let me know, but yeah, yeah, we could tell them. We These tell wild them. people. Yeah, there's people that are really crazy. Yeah, there's there's some whack jobs out there, bro. All right, counting on those with information to come forward and provide it to us. Relates to the bombing. Please contact, please contact us at bostonmarathontips.fbi.gov. See, they created a website solely for this, guys. Again, that website is bostonmarathontips.fbi.gov. The photos can be viewed on our website, fbi.gov. It is important to emphasize the images from Monday are indelible, and the horror of that day will remain with us forever. This further underscores our obligation to investigate this crime judiciously in order to bring these those responsible to justice. The victims and the survivors deserve nothing more. Nothing less, excuse me. 
As, of, as to Monday's victims, the FBI is committed to ensuring that victims receive the rights they are entitled to and the assistance they need to cope with the crime. Treating victims with respect and providing them with assistance. I, I wouldn't want to comment on that, Karen, right now. I would watch. Oh, okay. So they're going to ask some questions. Of this heinous act. Identifying and locating, contact us at 1 800 call. Very much. All right. Now watch them not answer none of these questions. Karen? She asked, should there be an arrest? What kind of charges are they looking at? I, I wouldn't want to comment on that, Karen, right now. I would allow uh, U.S. Attorney Ortiz to comment on that aspect. Why are you denying that the response Monday morning? We got photographs on No. The only one who has observed planting what we believe to be the device is suspect number two with a white cap. I don't have the precise time in front of me. It was shortly before the bomb blast went off. Within minutes. And the U.S. attorney, guys, is the woman next to him on the side here. Um, and the U.S. attorney, again, guys, is the prosecuting office when it comes to federal cases. And I'll tell you guys this, bro. Anytime you have a big case and you do a press release like this... <laughs> They, they don't want to answer questions, bro. Like, yo, I'll just keep it a thousand with you guys. Yo, when the press is there and they want to just ask questions like, oh, wah, da, da, da. you're just in the back of your mind. You're like, shut up, bitch. And you just want to leave because, <laughs> you know, they're going to ask you a bunch of dumb shit, man. Like, yo, they're going to be like, oh, oh can, you, can you tell me about the investigation? Tell me about like uh, how you guys identified them and your penis size and everything else like that. And you're like, bro, the case is still fucking active. OK, it's active. I'm not answering nothing. All right. Because. Especially with something like this, bro. Everyone's trying to put their hand in the fucking cookie jar, bro. Man, like it, it, it is not. It, it's when you get a big case, especially when it involves national security. You don't want to say shit. You just want to tell everybody, "Oh, shut the hell up. Let me do my thing. Give me information." But I don't want to give you anything back because, hey, we're the we're the we're the cops. We're the feds. We want to be able to do this shit, right? And if someone gets tipped off, it's going to affect your ability to to do the investigation. So, anytime they do the, these Q and A's at the end, uh, at the end, I always laugh, bro. If the guy gets arrested, that's one thing. But when it's like this, where they're actively trying to find the guy, is like, bro, I, I don't really want to answer questions. So let's see him do some matrix uh, dodging here. At this time, these are the people of interest to the FBI. Yes, yes. Do you have any information on what they did after the explosion? Any indication they were around watching? Do you have any video of them talking? He's just asking too much, bro. <laughs> Suspect numbered. He basically asked, like, what, where, do you have any uh, information on what they were doing after the bombings? Did they stand around? What did they do, et cetera? Two uh, with the white cap on proceeded west on uh Boylston Street, and that's all we know right now. Sir, can you, does you address the no, they know more than that. We're just gonna, they just don't want to say shit. And, and keep in mind, guys, that this is the I, I want you guys to understand this dude that's in the front here. Um, this guy is not the investigator, okay? He is the special agent in charge, he is the top guy the FBI field office. So let me give you guys a chain of command when it works to the feds, okay? This is how it goes. You got the special agent. Above the special agent, you have a supervisory special agent, okay? That guy, the supervisory special agent, manages somewhere between five to 10 agents. They're in the group. So for example, in this case, this guy, 
right? Because I want you guys, a lot of people think like the, the, the guy that's at the press conference knows a lot about the case. No, they don't. So this dude right here, where was I? This dude right here, this is more than likely the case agent, Daniel R. Genk. Okay. He wrote the complaint, right? So this is the, probably the case agent. And he's assigned to the JTTF, right? He's a part of uh, one of their counterterrorism squads. To let you guys know how the FBI operates, they have multiple counterterrorism squads all within the JTTF, all right? So they'll maybe have three or four different uh, counterterrorism squads, but they're under the umbrella of JTTF, right? So let's go back from the beginning. Special agent here, supervisory special agent above him. The supervisory special agent runs the squad, okay? FBI calls their group squads, right? Above the supervisory special agent in charge is something called an assistant special agent in charge, aka an ASAC, okay? And that guy manages multiple squads, multiple squads. Okay. So he manages multiple supervisors who in turn manage multiple agents. Okay. The ASAC, right. And that ASAC has a couple groups. Then above the ASAC is called as the special agent in charge. Now, some agencies have something called the deputy special agent in charge who's second in command, but the FBI, if I'm not mistaken, they don't have DSACs. So it just goes special agent in charge. So we're talking like this guy's like third or fourth layer you know, management. So he's not on the field actually investigating the cases, interviewing the suspects, collecting evidence. He just, he's the, the he's the, um, he's the face of the FBI Boston field office. And he's the one reporting to the department of justice, to the director of the FBI, etc. He's getting the, the real time information from the agents on the ground. That's why he can't tell you guys the precise times and everything else like that. All right. This dude right here, this, this guy right here, He's especially in charge. He doesn't, he's not going to know these like crazy intimate details. Or if he does, he ain't going to share it because number one, he doesn't want to compromise the case agent's ability to do the case. And then number two, like, yo, none of, you, none of you guys have a clearance that I'm answering questions for. None of you guys have a fucking need to know. So that is how it works when it comes to uh, federal law enforcement. Most uh, federal agencies operate like that. So special agent, supervisory special agent, above that supervisory special agent is assistant special agent in charge. Then the special agent in charge. And in some cases, there's a deputy special agent in charge, depending on the agency. I know like with us, Homeland Security Investigations, we have a deputy special agent in charge, AKA a DSAC. So go SAC, DSAC, ASAC, uh, supervisor, AKA or supervisory special agent. And then under that is a regular special agent. And this regular special agents are the ones that actually do the cases. Supervisors can't carry cases. ASACs can't carry cases. Special agent in charge can't carry cases. They're management only, AKA paper pushers. No offense to them, but that's the truth. So there you go. There's the breakdown. A SAC guy stands for special agent in charge. That's why it's called SAC. I think I addressed that. Uh, thank you. And I think I addressed that question in my statement by saying the only official photos that should be officially relied upon in this investigation are those you see before you today. Okay. So they did this press release, guys, and all hell breaks loose after this. Let's go back. Surveillance evidence. Uh, where are we at? Okay. 
At approximately 5 p.m. on April 18, 2013, the FBI published video and photographic images of Bomber 1 and Bomber 2 on its website. Those images were widely rebroadcasted by media outlets all over the country and world. Near midnight on April 18, 2013, an individual carjacked a vehicle at gunpoint in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The victim of the carjacking was interviewed by law enforcement and provided the following information. The victim stated that while he was sitting in his car on a road in Cambridge, a man approached and tapped on his passenger side window. Okay. So this person right now, let's get him identified, all right? Uh, carjacking victim, Austin Marathon. And I know it's an Asian guy. Let's see here. What's his name? Okay, Du Meng is his name. So let's go ahead and... Google that real fast. It's an interesting name. Do you know what that means, uh, Amanda? No. Gumeng? Gumeng, no. All right, here we go. I hate that when they try to always try to. Here he is right here, guys. Sorry to have carjacking survivor Dunmeng on why he's sharing his story. On Patriot's Day. And this is him on the left. Uh, so, it was a little bit before 11 p.m. on the evening of April 18th, 2013, and Dung Meng, Danny, had pulled his black Mercedes-Benz to a curb to answer a text message. A moment later, a man knocked on the passenger side window, speaking quickly. When Meng rolled down the window to hear the man better, the man unlocked the door and climbed in, pointing a silver handgun at Meng and telling him, don't be stupid. The man, Tamerlan Sarnev, asked Meng if he'd heard about the Boston Marathon bombings. I did that, Sarnev said. And I just killed a policeman in Cambridge. Okay? And and this is them and this is him coming into the into the into the store after he got carjacked or after he escaped the carjacking. Meng did manage to escape fleeing his own car at a Cambridge gas station and calling 911 while Zokar was inside buying snacks and Tamerlan was fiddling with Meng's GPS. <laughs> this guy buying snacks. Uh, hey, I, I'm wanted all over the United States right now for terrorism, but you know what? I need some fucking munchies. <laughs> Could you imagine? When, it, when it's your time, it's your time, like, I guess. What the hell? Maybe after you pump off all that crazy mm. adrenaline because you're a nut job, like you really need a snack. Like, bro. What, Idea. I don't like, know. Maybe it's like a workout. Like, like, think about it. Like, all right. <laughs> pause everything like, I've done. All I my just, terrorizing. Yeah, I, need a I, snack. I killed a bunch of innocent people at the Boston Marathon. And mind you guys, they didn't identify them until days later, right? Five days later. The bombing happened on, I think, uh, oh no, a couple days later. On the 15th. They didn't start, they didn't um identify him until a couple of days later. So this dude's in school, chilling, like, you know, going to class and everything. Cause Zokar guys went to the University of Massachusetts, right? Went back to his dorm and shit chilling, buying milk at Whole Foods. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the FBI put a press release on us. Fuck, we got to probably do something. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, guys, they were planning to go to New York City. That's what they were trying to do. That's why they carjacked this dude right here is because they were planning to go to New York City and they had the bombs with them. They were going to start, you know, they had their plan where they're going to try to do some crazy shit. And this guy, Zokar, is like, man, I know the FBI wants us and everything and everyone's looking for us and there's pictures of me all over the internet, but bro, I'm hungry. You want to get some popcorn? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> the chat. You, you can't make this shit up, bro. Like, what the fuck? Niggas, uh, you know, somebody said he needed some Takis. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you, have you seen the Snickers that was easy. commercial, though? Yo. Right? You're not the same when you're hungry. I guess Yo. this guy was like, I need, a, I need a snack to continue my terrorizing. Bro. Yo. Okay.
This is a still image from a surveillance video shows Meg moments after escaping the Sarnav brothers telling the owner of the mobile station in Cambridge to call 911. Uh, Meng's story may be familiar to those who uh, closely followed the marathon bombings, and it will soon become well known to many more. It's a major plot in the upcoming film Patriots Day. This is a good movie. I really enjoyed that movie, guys. Uh, well, Mark Wahlberg. Um, director Peter Berg talks with Danny uh, Meng on the red carpet. Okay. Yeah, and this is him in the, on the movie. Well, I, wonder, I wonder what gas station. You know what? Let's do. Let's do some more investigating here, guys. Gas station. And. Eng. Escaped. To. Boston. Trying to put a timeline here. Uh, oh, here's a surveillance footage of it. All right. Let's let's look at it. You've been selected. I, get out of here, man. Boston You're Globe. Really God damn it. Get off. They just want to let you know. There we go. So here's the gas station. Courtesy U.S. Attorney's Office. Hey, shout out to the U.S. Attorney's Office for giving this to us. Is that him? Okay, I think that was one of the brothers. Let's fast forward this. Oh, okay, this is Zokar getting out. Zokar, okay, answers the convenience store attached. There's no sound on this, by the way, guys. It's silent. My man got the munchies. <laughs> <laughs> Comes into the gas station. Looks at the drinks. I'm very curious at what he tries to purchase. Yeah, let's see what he gets. It's like, did he go for the hot Cheetos? Is that a Red Bull? The Funyuns. Okay. Maybe a Diet Mountain Dew. Is that, what is that? Is that water? It looks like water to me. Okay, he has that infamous hoodie on. Guess terrorizing makes you very parched. Uh, okay, now he's looking at the chips. Doritos? Oh. Yep, what is that? Hey, are they Doritos or are those like a Sun Chips? Yeah, Sun Chips are so trash. <laughs> I agree with you. I think, yeah, that I think those are Doritos right there. Chat, what do y'all think he's getting here, man? <laughs> Chat, what do y'all think this thing is getting? <laughs> Look how calm he is, though. It's like, yeah, I just carjacked this dude and I got and I just killed a police officer. But you know what, man? I need some munchies. And Guys, this is after the bombing. Other yeah, people yeah. already died. Yeah, this not only is this after the bombing, yo, th he this is after he killed um that police officer, the Cambridge police officer, Sean Carlier. Rest in peace to him, man. Like he had just got done killing Those someone. Those are definitely Doritos oh, in yeah, his hand. Doritos, I'd like yeah. to confirm that I yes. just saw it. Okay, yeah, yeah Doritos. And what else? Oh, I saw a yellow bag in his hand. I have not. I don't know what it is yet. Could be Funyuns. What do you What do you think about his uh, choices so far? I think they're crap. It's like, oh, there he is. He's running. Gone. Gone. My man. So did someone recognize? Hold on. Him? Let's uh, rewind that back. Yo, that was. So he's still in there. My man was. Right, but then. And then he yo gone. <laughs> he's out. See ya. Yo. Pretty good sprint, though. Wait, look look at the difference. Like, look, look at this. So, your man, Zokar, ah, yeah, you know, I'm just getting some chips. I'm just chilling, man. Sure. You know, no biggie. Yeah, yeah, I'm just chilling. He's taking his time, you know. 
And then this fucking guy runs out. Yo, they're the worst kidnappers ever. <laughs> My man was gone. <laughs> no snacks or anything. Yeah, he, he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> hey, Zokar Bray asked him, hey, what, what do you want? <laughs> give me some do egg rolls. Doritos yeah, give me some egg rolls. Uh, uh, here's Tamerlan. Tamerlan is tight. He goes in. Look at him. Hey, we gotta go. We gotta go. Nigga, we gotta go. Did he, oh, did he just drop on his... Oh, he's like, no, I gotta uh, pay, though. But y'all gotta pay. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> Oh, never mind. I don't need it no more. Bro, you just killed somebody. Just run out there with the fucking chips. Yo, <laughs> yo, like... Yo. Oh, you, you commit several acts of terror. Let, 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 hold on, hold on. Stop the fucking show, yeah. bro. This is crazy. This is fucking... <laughs> My man committed several acts of terror. <laughs> killed somebody. Terrible. Killed multiple people. Kidnapped an Asian guy, and he's about to run out with some chips. Like, no, no, bro, I can't. It's stealing. <laughs> yeah, that that's crossing the line. Apparently. That's not crossing the line. You can't steal no goddamn Doritos, yeah, though. That's too far. You ain't stealing no goddamn Doritos. No, not a three dollar bag. Yeah, no. Back then, no. Like what the? <laughs> Terrible. Everything else except the Yo, these guys got to be the dumbest criminals I've ever <laughs> fucking seen, bro. <laughs> Yo, guys, do me a quick fucking favor. Shout out to Amanda and helping out here. Guys, like the fucking video for the funny commentary. And y'all got, you guys are learning too, baby. We're breaking this down, man. But. <laughs> it it's out of control. <laughs> like, no, I I to, just on. take the Doritos, man. Let's rewind this real quick. Look. Look, look, like, look at this shit. So, the, so he comes in. He's like, yo, the Asian man ran. We got to get out of here. <laughs> Ming escaped, nigga. We got to go. Zokar's like, yo, but chill, man. I want to get them chips. Yo, oh, oh, shit. No, I can't steal. Yo, yo, bro. My bad. We got to leave. I'm sorry I didn't get to stock it, but he puts his hand up too. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this was the moment that he. Uh... You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> shout out to king life dude's like i'm a monster but i'm not a thief <laughs> yeah and they had a kidnapped guy still in the car yeah. why they're yo so here we go part two asia guy runs in nigga go all crazy hey hey nigga call the cops now oh he's probably oh, call man. him now police now he was a foreign exchange student by the way guys He's just holding the door. He's like, yo. He doesn't want them to come back in and get him. He's like, I'm not going off. Yo. Hey, this, this nigga like, yo, what, what the fuck? What? What? What, you got kidnapped. What? He was like, they, they were just in here and they didn't steal. Yo, my man. <laughs> yo. He's like, yo, bro, I got to hide in the back. He's like, he's like, what? Zokar and Tamerlan? Those are my, those are my nephews, bro. They're nice guys. What are you talking about, bro? One recorded line. Which Hello, how are you, sir? Your emergency? Yeah, uh, I am uh, in mobile gas station. Uh, uh, HCC Memorial Drive. Bro, <laughs> can we not hit the stereotypes even more? I was hoping he wouldn't have that <laughs> accent. And guess what happens? Hello, police. Yes, I am located at. It's just like, bruh. The stereotypes. <sighs> and his voice sounds shockingly calm for what I see on the video. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, how does this equate? You're about to hang up the phone with 9-1. Thank you. Come again. <laughs> I have one. Uh, some, 
816 Memorial Drive. Correct. Any Is there any apartment number, sir? No, 816. I understand 816 Memorial Drive. Is there yeah, a floor station, or a mobile, mobile gas station. The mobile gas station. Yeah. I have one. I uh, came inside now, and he told me some uh, one uh, want to, to shoot him, and he stay inside, and he want to leave. So this is at Memorial Drive in the yeah. street, correct? Yeah. Okay, sir. Is the gentleman there? Yeah. All right, guys. This is what he's talking about. So here we go. I got y'all. Yo, number one, like the fucking video. <laughs> Because out here on FedEx, we actually are going to bring this shit back to life. So here we go. So this is where the Mercedes was right here, right? This is Cambridge, right? And just so you guys know, Star Drive is right across the street. So this is Cambridge. As soon as this is the Charles River right here, guys, I used to row on this river fucking every day. This bridge, right? Brings you into Boston. This bridge over here, Cambridge. That's all that separates it, right? So on this side of the river is Boston. This side of the river is Cambridge. All right, we're going in crazy detail because, guys, these are my streets, man. This is where I used to be. So, were you were rowing for fun, or you rowed? No, in it was uh, Division One college. So, and this 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 you. shell, I had been to this shell many times, bro. Like sometimes on running routes, I was stopping at water here and shit. So, anyway, this is where where they were at, where Zokar refused to steal. Right then, our boy Dumeng runs right here to this mobile gas station. Okay, this is it, A16 Memorial, right? So he runs in there. So that's, that's, um, that's, the, this is the, this is the area that, um, where they're at, where this, where this went down. Yeah, he's inside. He don't want to, to leave the gas station. Yeah, I know. Can I speak with him? Yeah, give me one second. Police for you. Hello, sir. Please help me. Hello, sir. Please help me. Please help me. Sir. Someone took to my car. Bro. The accents, the stereotypes, it's, it's, uh, hey, man. It's entertainment. Let's keep going. So you check me. Sir. Hello? Sir, listen to me. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Sure. All right. Just take a deep breath. Okay. Okay. Tell me what happened. Somebody took your car? Yes. And what happened when they took their car? They say that they are the they 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 kill the explosion, marathon explosion, the mutinism. What? What? Okay. They they what? They they they. <laughs> Even the callers like the operators like, what the <laughs> fuck is this nigga saying? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, someone in the chat said Har Harold and Kumar. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, what did he say when he took your car? Please help, help me, please. They have guns. Where are they? They are in the Hill gas station, Memorial Drive. They're in front of the gas station? Yes, yeah, I just run. I just run. I just go to run. But are they there now? Yes, yeah, please come. And they're at? They're at the the gas station. Uh, yeah, yes. They took my car. I don't know. They leave a lot. Did they take the car? Or are they still there? They take the car. I don't know. I just I can't watch. I, I don't. I'm not there to watch. Okay, but th do they leave? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yo, that 911 operator is tight right now. He don't know what the fuck's going on. He's like, what, bro, what? And it also doesn't sound urgent except for yeah. how much he's breathing yeah, 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 right yeah. into the phone. You're like, all right, this man's yeah. out of breath. What's hey, he say? Hey, yo, look, the, the, the store, the, the store operator is just chilling like, bro, okay. They just oh, the damn office. <laughs> Some random Asian guy in the back. Talking to 911. <laughs> he, he just chilling, having his coffee. He, he got a long night ahead of him. <laughs> All right. Can you please come? Uh, yeah, they're, sure, they're already on their way. You just take a deep breath and stay where you are. Okay. I'm going to stay on the phone with you. Okay. Okay, what's your name? My person is D U N. D U N? Yeah. Okay. So, now, do you know, remember what these guys look like? They are they're from like from uh, East East Asia. You know, from Middle Middle Asia, Middle Asia. They're from they're, Middle they're, Asia. Middle Asia. They come from Arab Arab. Arab. <laughs> <laughs> this poor man. Oh man. <laughs> you clearly know he's trying to say Middle Eastern Arab, but he is not getting it. <laughs> but he just, he just he just went right with the joint. He just said, "Yo," because remember, Tamerlan, the the, the bro- older brother, when they carjacked him, they said, "You know the Boston Marathon bombing? I did that." So this nigga's like, so he's like, "Oh, oh, you terrorists? Okay." Nigga's <laughs> like, "They're Arab. They're Arab." <laughs> yeah. Asia. Oh my god. All right. Well. It looks like from Iran or Iraq somewhere. Okay, take one guy and give him a description of me. One guy, they have they're pretty skinny, and they have they, they come from I think they come from Iran or maybe Iraq. Yeah, my man is stereotyping <laughs> the. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga was like, yo, I, I don't care. These dudes are definitely. <laughs> yo, this is fucking gold. So you got an Asian guy that stereotypically sounds like an Asian guy. You got an Indian guy that stereotypically sounds like an Indian guy. And then you got two niggas across the street that are fucking terrorists that are that are Muslim. Like, yo, it's just stereotype city right now. And they're all doing this at a gas station. Fucking Blown mind, right? <laughs> the fuck is going on right now? Fuck, Middle Eastern man. Middle East, yeah. Finally <laughs> got it. Okay. And how tall was he? It's about five, five seven. Five foot seven. Yeah. What was he wearing? Really? Oh, yeah. What was he wearing? Yo, the, yo, the police got there quick. <laughs> uh. This guy, I'm looking at his, um, uh, so this right here, guys, is this Cambridge? Pol- yeah, I think that's Cambridge Police. Yep. What kind of jacket? Oh, sure. I don't remember. I don't remember. He's crazy. He's quick. They have guns. They want to shoot at me. All right. So then they talk. 
police officer starts taking notes. Because mind you guys, a, uh, a guy had just gotten killed. Uh, the MIT officer had just gotten killed. So I ain't gonna lie, that was that was fucking entertaining. I, I mean, you know, obviously this guy's safe now and everything else like that. But yo, it, that it, it, out of control. Asian guy, Indian guy, two dudes from Chechnya across the street that just admitted that they were terrorists at a gas station. Does it get more stereotypical than that? And they all have the stereotypical accents that they have. Because Tamerlan speaks with accent too. You know the Boston Marathon bombing? I did that too. Stop. <laughs> it's, it's, that's how I think it sounds. It's the episode. I heard his voice before. That's how Like, you can't make this shit. sound up. like a clown. Like, Zokar has like an American accent, but Tamerlan actually sounds like a fucking, like, you know? So, uh, all right. Anyway, <laughs> like all of like the things the Asian man said, <laughs> Middle Asia, and Iran, canceled. Okay, <laughs> canceled. All right, let's keep going. All right, let's go back to the criminal complaint. Um, a victim of the carjacking. So we know who that is. The victim stated that while he was sitting in the car, rode in Cambridge, a man approached and tapped on his passenger side window. Uh, did you hear about the? Bo- <laughs> this is Tamerlan. Did you hear about the Boston Marathon bombing explosion? <laughs> I did that. <laughs> the man removed the magazine. From, remember, guys, he's from Chechnya, so he's going to have a, a Russian accent. Uh, removed the magazine from his gun and showed the victim that it had a bullet in it. Then reinserted the magazine. The man stated, I am serious. Wait, hold on a sec, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on a fucking sec. <laughs> so my man pointed a gun at him, pulled out the magazine. Look, there's bullets in it. And then put it back in. How you going to threat? <sighs> All right. I guess he was done terrorizing for the but, day. But, but, but Maybe he had had but that is like the he dumbest a way. snack at this point. He couldn't continue. Like he they, just needed to scare somebody and not really harm them. But dude, like, why are you going to remove the magazine, show up, there's bullets in it, stupid, and then put it back? Like, you just tell him, like, it's a real gun. Maybe they found the that. Asian man look nice. I, I don't know. The man removed the magazine from his gun and showed the victim that it had a bullet in it and then reinserted the magazine. Then he goes, I am serious. Like, what? <laughs> Stop. This guy is such an <laughs> Yeah, no, what? I know there's a bullet in the chamber, but still, bro, that's one round. If he misses, it's a wrap. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The man with the gun forced the victim to drive to another location where they picked up a second man. The two men put something in the trunk of the victim's vehicle. The man with the gun took the victim's keys and sat in the driver's seat while the victim moved to the front passenger seat. The second man entered the victim's vehicle and sat in the rear passenger seat. The man with the gun and the second man spoke to each other in a foreign language. Okay. While they were driving, probably spoke uh, to each other in Russian. While they were driving, the man with the gun demanded money from the victim who gave the man $45. One of the men compelled the victim to hand over his ATM card and password. They then drove to an ATM machine and attempted to withdraw money from the victim's account. The two men and victim then drove to a gas station and convenience store in the vicinity of A16 Memorial Drive, Cambridge, which we just showed you guys before, the Shell gas station. The two men got out the car, at which point the victim managed to escape. And we saw that one as well, clear as day. My man was fucking sprint time. Uh, he literally, yo, he got out that car. He was just like... A short time later, the stolen vehicle was located by law enforcement in Watertown, Massachusetts. As the man, and I showed you guys where Watertown uh, is uh, next to my boathouse, right? As the men drove down Dexter Street in Watertown, they tr- threw at least two small improvised explosive uh, devices out the car. You know what? Let's have some fun with this. Y'all want me to pull up Dexter Street on this thing? Give me a one in the chat if you guys want me to pull up Dexter Street on here or if you guys want me to just keep reading the complaint. Let me know. 
Hope you guys are enjoying the show, by the way. Give me one second, chat. If you guys want me to pull up Dexter Street, or you guys want me to just keep going with the complaint? <clears throat> What's the chat saying, Amanda? We should have like a oh, timing music. I see a lot of ones. Okay, it looks like they I want see it. very few twos. I only saw one. All so. right, fair enough. Okay, let's pull it up then. Dexter Street. Um, Dexter Street, Watertown. Okay. Pulling it up right now for you guys. So this is where they had the shootout, guys. Um. So let's see here. Okay, this this is when they caught him. That's not. No, hold on, Dexter Street, Watertown. Also, man, do you got anything to say to people while I pull this up? Would you like me to read some of the super oh, yeah. chats? Oh, yeah. Yeah, can you do that? That'd be great. Yes. You, sh you guys should just up. see some of his attitude when I look over at him and he's speaking and you can't see him. Well, what it's, are you trying to say? It's extra sassy. Extra sassy? Extra sassy for somebody who doesn't, like, have emotions, you know? Hey, hey, hey. A logic. I'll give you a noogie right now. Fuck up your hair. <laughs> I'll turn these cameras off and noogie the fuck like, out of you. I will beat you up. I'll Whatever. noogie the fuck out of you, He's woman. always saying that because I am extremely small in com stature compared to Myron. What are you, That's like 5'1"? I am 5'3", which You're... apparently is average size in America, which is BS. It's actually 5'5", uh, five, five, so you're below the average. And that's the only way I'm below average. Yeah, but... Thank you. Well, yes, you are short. All right, I will the continue. Chats, I'm sorry. You got one job. <laughs> Tommy Soto wants those <laughs> Stop, I can't. I actually have paid attention. Thanks, Big Al. Yeah. Appreciate you, buddy. You got to talk to Mike, though. There you go. Sorry, I can't stop playing with the microphone or also moving around. It's hard for me to sit still. Okay, I got one of the addresses where the shooting was taking place. So I got y'all right now. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, boom. Watertown. <clears throat> Any other chats? Yes. Yeah, read them. Sorry. Go. Yeah, read them. Pull them up and then read them. Yes, sir. Most old fans. How about doing a series of shorts? Ave Agent Myron investigating Ninja Byron. Keep up the great work. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Anybody else? Uh, you might understand this, except you kick my dog. <laughs> I don't, I'm like, is this like an inside thing? I don't understand. I guess so. I I'm guess like, so. what? Sorry, I don't really understand that. What else? Who, who, uh, what, what how much other people it? that were just commenting? 499, that was you and Akash working the gas station register. I'm assuming he was talking about you. Oh, me working at the gas station? Yeah. Yes, it was my uncle, guys. It was my uncle that was working at the gas station that day. Do you have any family members that own gas, any stations? gas stations? No. We're poor Arabs, bro. What about, what about 
Well, yeah, I was going to say, what about doctors? Uh, no, that's Indians. What? No, not it's the same. not. There's. All right. You're fired. Back to me. Fired. So, all right. All right, guys. Um, okay. So here's Dexter Street right here. Right. This is the, this is the, this is it. Oh, what the fuck? So this is where they were running around in Watertown right here. Residential area. And Watertown, guys, is a little town right outside of Boston. Okay. Has its own police department. Pretty small police department. But this is where they were racing around when the police were chasing them. All right. So, all right. So, they threw at least two small improvised IEDs out the car while the police were chasing them, right? A gunfight ensued between the car's occupants and law enforcement officers in which numerous shots were fired. One of them, men, was severely injured and remained at the scene. The other managed to escape in the car. The guy that got hurt, guys, was the brother. That car was later found abandoned a short distance away, and an intact low-grade explosive device was discovered inside it. In addition, from the scene of the shootout on Laurel Street in Watertown, the FBI has recovered two unexploded IEDs as well as the uh, remnants of numerous exploded IEDs. Uh, so from the scene of the shootout, Laurel, I, you know, what? I think I have this address for y'all too right here. Um, so, so this is where they were actually shooting right here, guys. When there were, it was 61. Uh, yeah, 61 Dexter Ave is where they were shooting. So right here is where the gunfight was. Which one? Is that, what, what is that, 65? No, then it's this one right here. It's probably this house. God damn it. We will find this. Oh, 50, okay, so it's, no, it's down. Well, how the fuck? Yo, man, I hate street addresses sometimes. How do you go from 55 to 65? It's it's right here, though. It's basically, because this is going to be, this because that's odds on that side, so this evens over here. But this is basically where the shootout happened, guys, this area right here. Um, and then the police, the FBI said that there was on Laurel Street in Watertown. The FBI has recovered two unexploded IEDs. So let me see here if I can... Pull that up as well. Laurel Street, Watertown. Look, on a side note, the chat's yeah. going crazy. What's up? They think that you have a thing for me, but this person, this doll face person is better. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know who this is, but y'all are just harsh and haters. I also am way, Take it too, easy, guys. Gonna hurt her way too old for Myron. Come on. <laughs> I'm older than he is, guys. So calm down. Oh, here's Law Streets right here. Bro, like by like three months. But it's okay. We can use your senior senior citizen discount. <laughs> All right. So this is Laurel Street right here, guys. On uh this so this is where they found two of the bombs. Uh because remember, because what that what the brothers did, guys. So after they got the so the, quick little summary. FBI puts out the press release. The brothers freak out. They steal a car. When they steal the car, um, with the Asian guy, Asian guy runs away. So they're like, fuck it, right? So now the police are on them because the, the 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 guy that got kidnapped went to the police and told them, hey, these two guys tried to carjack me, whatever. So now they're looking for this Mercedes. And these guys have this Mercedes and they're driving it around and they got bombs in it, right? They got the two like a couple IEDs. So they start throwing them outside the back of the car and stuff like that. And the FBI was actually to able to recover two of the IEDs here on Lawl Street, right? In Watertown. Okay. And 
if you guys look, right, here's Dexter and Laurel. They intersect. So the police were chasing them around here, and then a couple of the bombs were found right, right here. Right, because this isn't that long of a street. Is this a dead end? Looks like it's a dead end road. Oh, no, it keeps going. God damn, 2007? They haven't been out, they haven't been out that bitch since 2007? Or this area? This is grainy as hell, man. <laughs> the hell? Google, you, you guys slacking. You guys are Looks fucking... like it was taken with a with like a flip phone. Yeah, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, they, my, my man at Google probably pulled out his T-Mobile sidekick <laughs> and took that shit. <laughs> but he could text really fast. Yeah, oh, telling his bosses, hey, bro, it, I took the picture, but it didn't come out that good. The fuck? All right. So now we know. now we know where the evidence was found. Are you guys enjoying this breakdown, man? Because we're actually like, I'm pulling up all the stuff on the maps and everything like that. We're bringing this, we're bringing this criminal complaint to life, right? So you guys are seeing what's going on. <laughs> they said they like your laugh, man. Do you got anything you want to say about that? I really appreciate you guys. Uh, once one of the smartest teachers I ever had told me I should be a radio host. And she was like, not because you're not she pretty. You. She was like, but that voice. And obviously I didn't listen to that. Well, I will tell you this. That voice is terrible. Let's continue on. <laughs> Myron, everything about you. I hate it. Oh, right. Uh, all right, the shootout. Okay, and the FBI recovered two IEDs, right? And then we got identification of the carjackers. I reviewed images of two men taken at approximately 12, 17 a.m. by a security camera at the ATM and gas station convenience store where the two carjackers drove with the victim in his car. Based on the, on the men's close physical resemblance, RMV photos of Tamerlan and Zokar Sarnev. And guys, the reason why his name is highlighted like this is because he, the, the criminal complaint is charging him. Remember, his brother dies. I believe the two men who carjacked, kidnapped, and robbed the victim are Tamerlan and Zokar Sarnev. In addition, the carjacker who was severely injured, uh, the carjacker who was severely injured during the shootout in Watertown was taken to Beth Israel Hospital, where he was pronounced dead. FBI fingerprint analysis confirms that he is Tamerlan Sarnev, and the man's face matches the RMV photograph of Tamerlan Sarnev. RMV records indicate that Tamerlan Sarnev and Zarkar Sarnev share the same address at on Norfolk Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts. You know what? I think I know their address, guys. Uh, let me pull it up for y'all right now. I think it's 401. If I actually remember this, I'm going to be a fucking G. Uh, the address is... I was up. about to tell you I believed in you, but then I realized that was way too much positivity. You believed in to me? Put, to, like, question your direction. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not supposed to be the nice girl. I'm supposed to be... You have any The other... white devil. <laughs> <laughs> You're the oppressor, remember? You're supposed to be the oppressor. I'm like a little Irish person, people. Come yeah. on. You're like, supposed to be the oppressor. We were... I mean, not, you know, the most oppressed, but I don't think anybody thinks Irish people are high on the totem pole, guys. Uh, but anyway. No, they got they definitely got had their their uh, tough times, too. I was I was I was about to, I thought you were going to be like, oh, the Irish had a heyday. I was like, when? No, no. Man, they, <laughs> we were the, like fighting the Romans the, for our the, island. Yeah, get off here. Y'all were fighting what, over over potatoes, man. I get it. Potatoes are important. Literally, you know, my ancestry DNA uh, It's 410 like, Norfolk, guys. I thought it was 401, but it was 410. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was it? I'm sorry. I'm talking completely off key. Uh -huh. So I'll focus here in a sec. But what, do you, what do you want to say? Like 85% of my DNA is from that stupid little British Isle. Oh, really? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here we are, guys. We're at, this is Norfolk Street right here. So these guys are, where's their house? So this is 410 
Uh, no, sorry. This is 412. I think this is it right here. Is there a crib? Hmm. 412 is here. Oh, Black Lives Matter, guys. Uh, is this it? Is this... What the fuck? This is 4... 406. So you know what it is, bro? It's probably... It might be this one right here. It might, and this might be 410, because it, it doesn't... It doesn't line up. And guys, the reason why it's so confusing like this is because... Um, in Boston, there's a lot of duplexes and triplexes, right? So you'll end up with, uh, yeah, because like you look at this, this one's 400, this one's 402, and then this one. These houses are all probably well over a million dollars, man. Boston's expensive. 406. For clearly no reason, though, because that's, uh, yeah. I've never lived What's... in Boston like you. The first school I went to is Drexel, so I lived in Philly, which is, you went like, to Drexel? A nice city. Yeah. <laughs> Anything I say, he's like... No, no, no. That school legitimately sucks penis. Legitimately sucks penis. I mean, I don't agree with you, but okay. I, I guess I would need to see more of your case. What are your facts? Wait, what, are my, what are my facts? Yeah, well, outside we, of, like, that's just how you feel. No, we, no, well, no, we, used, to, uh, we used to compete against uh, Drexel for rowing, and they were, they were terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have clearly been out of the okay. river. Like so guys, when I was in college, that wasn't what I didn't know. There were like hot guys out rowing in the river, but now yeah, I man, know. boathouse row, Schoolgirl River, man. How many girls did you pick up at the river? None, actually. Damn, none. It was off the river. Are you shirtless though? No, nah, you would wear like. Did a, you have abs then? Yeah, you would. You would. You would use like a unitard. <laughs> oh, that's why you never picked up girls. That's at why. The river. That's why. Uh, so anyway, guys, so here it is, right here. <laughs> Um, this is the four four ten right here. Um, uh, is this a four twelve? But I guarantee this is probably the building though. This is probably where they live. So this is this is where they were at. Um, <clears throat> so, and this is in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Wait, Somerville? Hold on. No, it's fucking supposed to be Cambridge. All right. Well, Ca Cambridge and Somerville are right next to each other, so it's like almost interchangeable. Um, all right. So, uh, where are we? Okay. I believe the two men who carjacked, kidnapped, uh, the victim are Tamerlan and Zokar Sarnev. Uh, okay, he died. Let's see here. Okay. They, uh, so, uh, share the same address on Norfolk Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, according to the Department of Homeland Security and Immigration Records. Hey, that's our people. Tamerlan Sarnev and uh, the Zokar Sarnev are brothers. Tamerlan Sarnev was a lawful permanent resident. The Zokar Sarnev entered the United States on April 12th. 2002 and is a naturalized U.S. citizen. So the younger brother is a citizen and this guy's a green card holder. Preliminary examination of the explosives. A preliminary examination of the remains of the explosive devices that were used at the Boston Marathon revealed that there were low-grade explosives that were housed in pressure cookers. Both pressure cookers were of the same brand. And actually, you know what? I'm going to try to uh, go ahead and get you guys images of this right now. Um, uh, so pressure cookers. Austin Marathon bombing. All right, so let me hold on. I'm going to get you guys some. So they filled them up with nails and shit so that they would 
Nah, enable ads. Yo, these these website these uh news websites are the worst, bro. They literally like like just want to be on the D. All right, so let me pull this up for y'all. Boom. So these were the these were uh what they kind of look like, guys. Um, six liter pressure cooker bombs were concealed in black nylon bags left on the sidewalks, teeming with people near the race finish line. The device exploded 12 seconds apart and detonated by electric timer, said the source who was briefed on the investigation. Investigators found bits of a circuit board believed to be part of the timer. Source also said, uh, no thanks. Uh, and a pressure cooker lid thought to have been used in the bombings was found on a roof near the crime scene. So see, this is uh, some of the stuff that they used. Damn, that's it from uh, after. A piece of the of one of the Boston Marathon 2013 bombs believed to be a pressure cooker that was discovered the day after the April 15th, 2013 explosion. That's the backpack. The remains of the black padded knapsack or duffel bag that may have contained one of the Boston Marathon 2013 bombs uh, and to be a pressure cooker that was discovered the day after the April 15th explosion. Like I said, guys, they, 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 um, they basically blocked this entire street off for like a week so they can get evidence, right? So here they are looking all over the place, combing it, you know, foot by foot to try to find evidence. Oh God, look at that. Yeah. Victims poured into ERs with metal pellets um, and nails embedded in their skin, said Dr. George Vahemos of Masters General Hospital. See. One of the most bizarre objects doctors removed was a metallic pulse tab of a zipper from a woman's ankle. Oh, wow. These were some of the victims. This is them. Uh, look, they're pulling video footage right here. And then this is how it looks. Crazy shit, huh? And and yeah, this guy, Faisal Shazad, uh, I think this is a Times Square bomber right here. Yeah, Times Square. He did the same thing back in 2010. So, <clears throat> so that's what the pressure cookers look like, guys. All right. Um, the pressure cookers also contain metallic BBs and nails. Many of the BBs were contained with an adhesive material. The explosives contain green-colored hobby fuse. Uh, preliminary examination of the explosive devices that were discovered at the scene of the shootout in Watertown in the abandoned vehicle has revealed similarities to the explosive used at the Boston Marathon. The same area I showed you guys over there by Laurel and Dexter. The remnants of at least one of the exploded IEDs at the scene of the shootout indicate that a low-grade explosive had been contained in a pressure cooker. The pressure cooker was one of the same brands as the one used in the marathon explosions. The explosives also contain metallic BBs contained within an adhesive material as well as green-colored hobby fuse. The intact low-grade explosive device found in the abandoned car was in a plastic container and wrapped with both green-colored hobby fuse. So guys, the reason why that's important and relevant is because it's very distinct characteristics that were used in the explosives that were two different scenes of, of crimes, okay? So they were able to link them both to both scenes, okay? So the Zokar Sarnav is located. On the evening of April 19, 2013, police investigation revealed that there was an individual in a covered boat located at 67 Franklin Street in Watertown. Let's pull this bad boy up. I'll show you guys exactly where they got him. All right. Guys, if you liking the video, give me some ones in the chat if you guys are enjoying this. Man, are you enjoying this? I'm enjoying myself. Learning a little bit here. I am learning. So, oh, look at this. Okay, so I got the address here. I think this is it. Is this 67? 
yeah, I think this is it. Your followers love you. They're just wanting you up. Hey, man, they're the, the, the supporters, man. We we are a team. We work together. So, all right. So this is it here on the map, guys, right? And I don't know why it's blurred out like that, but they probably don't want it. This house is probably famous now at this point. So it's a uh, this is it, right? This thing was filled with police. And I think he was back over here, guys, if I'm not mistaken, because this was the address to this bad boy right here. Hold on. This one. I can't see it. God damn it. Well, I think this is the house right here. And you know what? I actually got a YouTube video that I'm going to pull up for y'all right now where they um, where they talk about this. Oh, let me close this tab. Uh, Amanda, can you read some of these chats while I pull this up? I mean, th there's a lot of talk right before the ones. Um, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, <laughs> to scroll I'm up. flirting with you. Uh, no, you're the that. devil. Ignore you know those That's things. only on Saturdays. But yeah, just um, yeah, find some of those chats real quick. Uh, yes, sir. I'm finding them. And guys, I'm pulling up a YouTube video for y'all right now, uh, where they actually interviewed uh one of the state troopers that was there, um, when they got him. All right. Let's move this over. What's so funny? I'm just reading people's comments about me. All right, go ahead, read them. One says, Re "Read the comments about you." Go ahead. She <laughs> she sounds like someone who uses bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to use bath salts outside of the ones like go in your bathtub, but I didn't know you could sound like somebody. I knew that they were gonna roast you. Oh yeah, I'm I'm just an old cougar. What else? They love you. They think you're the most beautiful, handsome man on earth. I try. And that, yeah, you're just going to hold out, I guess, forever. You don't see any other uh, super chats there? No. I'm getting this video for y'all right now. Uh, where the hell is it, man? Okay. Don't forget to switch Today back to you. They want to see you. To oh, yeah. Shortly after 5 p.m. yesterday, FBI Special Agent in Charge Richard Delorier releases these images of the two men they believe are suspects behind the Boston Marathon bombings. We have two new pictures that we want to show you. Just hours later, a second photo is circulated online of suspect number two walking away from the bombings. A little after 10 p.m. That's the firefight. Spotted at a convenience store in Cambridge near the campus of the. That's the Watertown police guys uh, shooting, uh, getting into the shootout with uh, the two brothers. Massachusetts Institute of Technology. We must have heard about 60 gunshots. Chief DeVoe is advising all Watertown East End residents to remain in their home. As we are on the air at 11 p.m., we learn a 26-year-old police officer from MIT has been shot and killed. Moments later, Boston police begin... And they, they, guys, they went after him. They killed him to try to take his gun, and I don't even think they got it. Needless violence. And he's a young guy who was in his early 20s. A high-speed chase for two males <laughs> after receiving reports of an armed carjacking. According to authorities, the carjacking suspects begin throwing explosives from the car as police chase them from Cambridge to Watertown. 
There were dozens of police officers with their guns drawn. Um, we could hear them yelling. At approximately 1.23 a.m., residents in Watertown are jolted awake as dozens of police exchange gunfire with the two suspects. And then like boom, boom, like three big bangs. A fierce firefight with explosions follows, leading to the death of one of the men, later identified as suspect number one. Suspect number two. Tamerlan is suspect one. Two escapes on foot. <clears throat> By 3.45 in the morning, Massachusetts State Police warn Watertown residents to stay in their homes, lock their doors, as police begin searching door to door. I remember that. I remember this, guys. Look, you can see in the corner right there. See Dexter Ave right there. Um, and then this is them right now in Watertown, bro. The, the whole city was shut down on this day. After 5 a.m. as day breaks, the city of Boston begins moving into a lockdown, suspending mass transit and asking businesses to remain closed. I remember that the uh, the mayor of Boston told everyone they got mandated to stay home. And then look, look at all this law enforcement presence in Watertown. It is important that folks remain. There he is. I think his name is Deval Patrick. Open the door. At 8.14 a.m., authorities identify the suspects as brothers. 26-year-old Tamerlan Sarnayev and 19-year-old Jahar Sarnayev. At 11.55 a.m., the city of Boston... That's Harvard, guys, right there. It's Harvard University. ...is at a standstill as relatives of the two suspected bombers begin to speak out. Turn yourself in and ask for forgiveness. At 1.26, Boston police tweet that 60% of the search is done. At 3.4... They were going door-to-door, -door, guys, in Watertown. 42. Look, see, ATF is involved. Like, th this is how much law enforcement they had. My guys couldn't even get in the goddamn car. <laughs> Yo, there were literally hundreds, if not thousands of law enforcement in Watertown when this shit was going on, man. This was crazy, crazy, crazy. Investigators find significant amounts of homemade explosives in Watertown. We are asking the public to remain vigilant. 6 p.m., the lockdown for the Boston area is lifted, meaning people can again leave their homes, even though a suspect remains at large. Was that guns? Less than an hour after the lockdown is lifted, shots are fired in Watertown. Police scramble to the scene. I, I just heard. I, Let's see if I can go back so we can hear that like again. Again, leave their homes, even though a suspect remains at large. Was that guns? Okay. Very brief. Police scramble to the scene. I, I just heard I, it, what sounded like multiple assault rifle shots to me. 8.15 p.m. A person believed to be Jahar Tsarnaev is cornered on a boat in a yard in Watertown. Hundreds of law enforcement. There's FBI right there. Uh, ATF. Uh, this is their um, special response team because he had been shot. He got injured, guys, during that shootout with the Watertown police. Around the suspected bomber. And at 845, police in Watertown, Massachusetts, break out in cheers, followed by crowds. I showed you guys the footage from my own phone of what happened that night in Boston. Crowds coming to the street Crazy. to celebrate. Oh, yo, you guys know where this is? I'll show, man, this is my fucking city. That's on Gainesboro, guys. Hold on. Let me show you guys where that is real quick. This is, these are all like kids from Northeastern. So I'll show you guys exactly where that was done. I showed you guys my party footage earlier. But let me show you how, where that one was at. Uh, so let's go ahead and type in uh, Gainesborough Street, Boston. Uh, okay, so here's Northeastern right here, right, guys? So you go in, boom. Dude, it was fucking nuts, man. 
Uh, so this is New England Conservatory. There's Boco Symphony, Gainsborough Street. Oh, is this is this it right here? I think this is it. All right, boom. All right. So come this way. For all my guys that went to college in Northeastern, you already know what time it is. All right. Uh, so we go here. I think this is going to bring me out. So this is Gainesville right here. Right. Okay. So this is Huntington Ave, right? So this is North. You're going to, you're going to see this is Huntington Ave. This is the main street for Northeastern, right? So this is all Northeastern here on the left, right? And where they're showing. Okay. Going to go. This is the gym right here. Right, right here. This is the gym, the Marino Center. You come this way. Right. Cadoba Grill, inferior to, to Chipotle, but it's fine. And then uh, this is where I would go to get food. This is the dining hall is right here and all the freshman dorms. Okay. When we needed to recruit girls for our party, we would go there. All right. So, all right. So here we go. Hammond's way. Sorry, my bad. So you come here. This is where a lot of the people lived, right? A lot of students lived here. This is like off-campus housing, but it's right there next to the thing. But a lot of people lived here. And then there, where they recorded that is right here, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, taking you guys down memory lane with me a little bit here. Okay. Yep. Okay, so let's go back to that footage. You know what? No, no, no. It's this intersection right here. Mind you, I haven't been here in fucking almost 10 years, guys. Uh, when, yeah, when's the last time I was in Boston? No, 20, 2016 was the last time I was in Boston. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's right here. Okay. Yeah, okay, so let's go back. So you guys, you guys know this, you can see the area, obviously, right? Right, you could, okay, there, right here. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you see this building here, and this, this section? Now, it, am I, is it the same? I think it might be the same, guys. Boom. Boom. Anyway. But yeah. It, the, the city of Boston, guys, went fucking nuts. It was every... Like, I showed you guys my phone earlier. Uh, that was up in Mission Hill. Like, it was fucking crazy when they caught this guy. Um, all right. Let's keep going back to the affidavit. Hope you guys are enjoying this. Walking down memory lane with me. Reliving college. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, this is where they caught him right here, guys. Was... Um, behind this house he was he was basically hiding in a boat um <clears throat> he was hiding in a boat and he was injured and he surrendered but there, but there was like a massachusetts uh state police thing following him and everything like you they were gonna they were prepared to, to to kill him and actually you know what there was one picture i'll keep reading the affidavit but um there was one thing i want to show you guys uh captured all right University of Massachusetts, the Dartmouth identification card. Okay. Uh, after a standoff between the boat's occupant and the police involving gunfire, the individuals removed the boat and searched. Uh, University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth identification card, credit cards, and other forms of identification were found in his pockets. All of them identified the man as Zokar Sarnev. He had visible injuries, including apparent gunshot wounds to the head, neck, legs, and hand. Uh, Sarnev's wounds were triaged, and he was brought to an area 
Hospital, where he uh, he remains for medical treatment. On April 21st, 2013, FBI searched Zokar's uh, dormitory room at 7341 Pine Dale Hall at the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Let's pull this one up, too. We, we're, we're bringing this uh, case to life, guys. Um, so 7341 Pine Dale Hall. University, UMass. All right. So, what's so funny? What? Every time you stop to search for something, I don't, I just look at the chat and the things that they continuously say. Like, Myron and I are the same age at the current moment. I'm only like four months older than him. They're like, I'm old enough to be your mom. Oh, old enough to you're 32 His right mom yeah yeah <laughs> she is a senior citizen though Yo, guys look i'm white like i get it we don't age as well myron's a nicer tan color than me but dang y'all rough <laughs> out here here guys here's his room right here this is our boy zokar's room Damn, that's that's a fucking shitty ass room but yeah Dartmouth, Massachusetts, uh, room 7341 in Pinedale Hall at UMass Dartmouth was Zokar Sarnev's room, dorm room. Um, yeah, and they did a search here, guys. They searched uh, They searched it. They did a search warrant. Let me see if I can get a copy of that search warrant real quick. If I uh, um, search warrant for Zokar dorm room. That might be a little bit harder to get, but it is what it is. Um, you got anything you want to tell the people? I don't have any particular thoughts right now. Is there something you think I should share? Um, do you have any of the, can you, um, click any of those chats? Yes, I can. Yeah. Read the, read the chats, please. Or any funny comments. <laughs> They're probably roasting you right now, are they? They're roasting me. So, Kareem Hall. What's good? Big ups to you and the gang. Work in the restaurant next to the Mandarin Hotel. Okay. What else? Thank you for the support, my man. And <laughs> there's just absolutely I'm getting roasted. Like doll face. They they they're like she's gonna come fight me. Oh, this is great. Can you put your elbows to? Oh my goodness, I cannot. I, it's too much. Too can you much. do it? Can I? Can I put my elbows together? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not That's... in a jacket. If I take the jacket off and I'm only wearing the top, I can put my elbows together for okay. sure. For sure. Don't do it. We don't want a nip slip here. Yeah, we can't have any inappropriate. Um, Uh, yeah, I didn't know nipples were still not allowed on like TV and YouTube and stuff. Yeah, they get mad about that. They don't want they don't want nobody to have have it's fun. Just like though. free it, free it. Come on, brawls suck. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, so they, they so they did a search warrant. They seized from his room, among other things, a large pyrotechnic, a black jacket, and a white hat of the same general appearance as those worn by Bomber Two at the Boston Marathon on April 15th, 20, uh, and BBs. Based on the foregoing, there's probable cause to believe that on or about April 15th, 2013, Zokar Sarnet violated 18 U.S.C. 2332A, um, 
and 844i. Accordingly, I respectfully request that the court issue a complaint charging Zokar Sarnev with those crimes. And then here we go. Daniel R. Gent, and then uh, Marianne uh, B. Bowler, the judge. And then here, here's our boy right now. This is his full name. Uh, this is the criminal case cover sheet. Investigating agency, FBI. Here's the case number. Um, uh, is the person or attorney a mem- member of a federal bar? Here's the alias name. No, he's not. Because obviously, if he is a member of the bar, that's going to change things up. Here's the AUSA, the prosecutor that took the case. These guys are, I think, both a part of the um, National Security Section. At D- one of them is DOJ Maine. See, he's already in federal custody, so he had to get the – he's at FBI Beth uh, uh, Israel Hospital. So he was already in custody when he wrote this criminal complaint, guys. They just need an arrest warrant to take him into custody. Um, charging document complaint, uh, and then AUSA, and then these are the, the crimes they hit him on because these were easier crimes to prove. So that's what happened there. Okay, so Myron, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, please turn the camera. Your, your oh, viewers it, are saying that I'm distracting and I'm also getting pink from the attention. My I'm bad. just pale, guys. Sometimes you have to remind me. My bad. It's guys. okay. I, I'm trying to make sure you get the attention, not just me, despite the haters. <sighs> well, you know, they're going to make jokes. They love you. They can't they can't help it. So <laughs> and also just so you guys know, quick little side note. Remember how they searched his dorm? Well, these guys right here, um, they fucked up. They lied to the police and they got indicted. These uh, these dudes right here. Dias Kadmev Azmat and Robel Kadane Filipos. Um, conspiracy to obstruct justice, uh, obstruction of justice, making false statements and aiding and abetting, superseding indictments. So look, they charged uh, on April 15, 2013, approximately 2.49 p.m. while the Boston Marathon, an annual 26.2 mile race was underway. Two explosions occurred in the Boston, Massachusetts. So they go over the facts of the case, right? And then uh, let's f- the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, led the investigation of the bombings as part of the domestic terrorism. Uh, so they were trying to, so they're basically saying we did the case, right? And then, so on the, on the evening of Friday, April 19, 2013, Zokar was arrested. Defendants Diaz and Azmat uh, are both nationals of Kazakhstan. Hey, very nice. Who went to the United States on a student visa in or about September 2011 until April 20, 2013. These they shared an apartment at 69A Carriage Drive, New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, and then Filippos is a United States citizen who lives in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Okay. And let's go into where they fucked up. Uh, okay. So on April 21st, 2013, the FBI searched Zokar Sarnev's uh, dormitory room pursuant to a search warrant. Three days before the FBI executed a search on the evening of April 18, 2013, after the FBI posted photographs of Bomber 1 and Bomber 2, uh, Keddy Brave and t- I'm just going to say K&T and Filipos entered Sarnav's dormitory room, removed several items from the room, including Sarnav's laptop computer and a backpack containing fireworks and brought them to carriage drive apartment. Holy. So these guys fucking idiots. Subsequently between uh, 10 p.m. on April 18, 2013 and 1.22 p.m. on April 19, 2013, uh, K plays Zokar backpack, which contains several items, including fireworks and a jar of Vaseline in a garbage bag and place it in a dumpster outside the carriage drive apartment. On April 19, 2013, the carriage drive apartment's complex dumpster was emptied and its contents were moved to a landfill in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Over the course of two days, April 25th and April 26th, more than 30 federal agents searched this landfill for the evidence K had placed in the trash. On April 26, 2013, uh, Sarnev Backpack was found at the landfill. Inside the backpack, the agents recovered fireworks, a jar of Vaseline, a thumb drive, and a UMass Dartmouth homework assignment sheet. Between 
on or about April 19, 2013, April 25, 2013, federal agents assigned to the JTTF and FBI special agents interviewed fellow posts concerning material facts related to the terrorism investigation of the Boston Marathon bombing and one of the suspected bombers, Zarnev. During these interviews, Filippos concealed the fact that he, K, and T had game had gone into Zokar's dormitory room on the evening of April 18, 2013 and removed Zokar's backpack from his room. In doing so, he made numerous false and misleading statements to the agents. Okay, so they these guys basically lied to the police. Um, yeah, and they and they put threw the backpack out, and uh, they fucked up, and they got charged with lying and um, with lying in the what's it called? Obstructing what great justice. friends, though. Yeah, I guess they. Some I real mean, ones. right? Like they weren't really in on it. I guess they just thought he was a nice guy. I'm not saying it was the right thing. I'm just like, dang, there's yeah. some riders. Yeah, they they just fucked up because they literally picked the well, worst crime to try to defend the guy. A hundred percent. Like then, what the hell? Look, I'm I'm not I'm with you, but yeah, like damn, hold some drugs or something. Not not fucking bombs, my man. <laughs> fucking dummy. That's where you draw the line. Yeah, like the whole new the, everyone's looking, and I think one of them actually texted Zokar, and he texted them back saying, "Hey, man, you probably shouldn't text me anymore." So, oh my god. Yeah. Lord All right. Have mercy. So this is a L for sure. Okay. Um, was this? The new Boston bombing suspects are the dumbest. Yeah, <laughs> they are dumb. Um, okay. And then, <clears throat> so there was something else I was going to show you guys. Let me pull it up for y'all. Um, all right. So he went to trial, guys, and he was found guilty. Okay. Uh, not, not, <laughs> no surprise there. Um, he was found guilty. And I'm going to show you guys the judgment document uh, of it real quick because I'll show you the indictment real quick and then I'll show you the judgment. So let's pull up the indictment real fast i'm not and i'm not going to read the entire indictment guys because it's a lot of charges but just to show you guys because so look at all these goddamn charges holy all right now look at the criminal complaint the criminal complaint only gets them for these two charges right remember guys they're in a rush they're trying to just like get them arrested right so they're getting the easiest charges just to get them in custody then they come back right and they charge them with all this shit and he was indicted on what day is this uh, six twenty-seven thirteen, but they got this criminal complaint on when did they sign this shit? On the twenty-first. Okay, so also I want to show you guys the docket, right? So you go on Pacer. Yeah. All right, so here's this case right here. I'm gonna pull it up for y'all right here, if I can. All right, so here's this case: Zokar Sarnev. This is the district, uh, United States District Court uh, of Massachusetts. Right? God damn, they throw in the book at this man. Look at all these charges, right? So here he is. He actually had a lot of lawyers though. Clout chasing lawyers. Look at all these charges. <laughs> right? And these are all the interested parties. <clears throat> so this is where you get all the documents, right? So you scroll all the way down here, right? Yeah, this case. <laughs> and then Supreme Court is involved in this thing, and we're gonna talk about this in a second. But what I want you guys to uh to get is um, here's the judgment, right? Which I have for you guys here. It's a, uh, let me, kind of this fucking computer would move this thing. All right, get out the way. All right. So here's the indictment, right? So you got charged with all these crimes, right? Use of a weapon of mass destruction, 
place of public use and uh, place uh, bombing of a, pub, a pub, uh, place of public use and conspiracy, malicious destruction of property and conspiracy, use of a firearm during and in retaliation to a crime of violence, using use of a firearm during and in retaliation to a crime of violence, causing death, carjacking resulting in serious bodily injury, interference with commerce by threats or violence, aiding and abetting, and then uh, the forfeiture stuff, right? So they they went after him for, for a lot of stuff here. And the indictment, guys, covers a lot of the things that we talked about in the criminal complaint. Uh, let me see here if we can find the part about Sean Pallier. Okay. Uh, the conspiracy resulted in one person, at least one person's death, specifically resulted in the deaths of Crystal uh, Marie Campbell, Officer Sean Collier, Ling Zhu Lu, and Martin Richard. Um, and then let me see here. On April 18, 2013, at approximately 1025 p.m. in the vicinity of 32 Vassar Street in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, Zokar Sarnev and Tamlin Sarnev murdered Sean Collier, an MIT police officer, by shooting him in the head at close range with a Ruger P959 millimeter semi-automatic handgun and attempted to steal his service weapon. On April 18th, um, here, uh, we're going to find this address too. On April 18, 2013, approximately 11 p.m. in the vicinity of 60 Brighton Ave in Boston, Massachusetts, Zokar and Sarnav and Tamlin uh, carjacked uh, his uh, the DM's leased Mercedes. That's the Asian guy. ML350 by pointing a gun at DM and threatening to kill him. They indicated to DM that they intended to drive his vehicle to Manhattan. See, I told you guys they were trying to go to New York City. And that's why they had those bombs there. After carjacking and kidnapping DM, Zokar and Sarnav and Tamlin forced him to drive to Watertown, Massachusetts, where they retrieved a portable GPS device and other items from their Honda Civic. Then they forced DM to drive to a gas station in order to fill the Mercedes gas tank. And that's when he ran away, right? Which we covered that. So let's look at this address. This is where they got um, Sean Collier. Rest in peace, man. Uh, I never like it when they kill police officers. Um, but, uh, you know, so this. What the, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm trying to get the street view. Okay. Okay. So this is where, uh, I'm going to pull this up for you guys. This is on campus of MIT. All right, guys, which is a very good school, uh, probably one of the best um, tech schools, engineering schools in the world. Um, but yeah, this is the, this is the area uh, where they got them, which is, you know, unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, uh, let me go back here. Not stated. Not, not this. Wait, is that correct? Hold on. 32 Vassar Street, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, this is campus. So, yeah. And if you guys look, this is um, this is MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And then this is the Charles River right here. This is Mass Ave. I remember I used to run across this bridge and then go into uh, go into Cambridge. Because remember, like I said, guys, the Charles River separates Boston and Cambridge. So if you zoom out a bit, right, bam, here's Boston, right? You come here, Star Drive, and then Charles River, Mass Massachusetts Ave Bridge. And then here's MIT as soon as you cross over. And then... This is where uh, they got um, Sean Collier. So, all right. Uh, let's see here if there's anything else here. So we covered a lot of this stuff already in the um, uh, in the uh, complaint. But yeah, they just basically, guys, what they did was they now, now they just added charges to the, the indictment, right? So now they hit them with, let me, how many charges here? We got, bam, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And each charge has different counts. 
Because remember, he killed multiple people for the same crime, if that makes sense. So it has different counts. So, uh, so now let's fast forward, right? This is when they, they indicted him back in 2013. <laughs> fast forward here to, uh, and I'm going to pull up this document for you guys. He goes to trial, okay? And he gets this judgment order here. And he basically was found guilty on counts one through thirty. Date of verdict four eight fifteen. That's when he uh, uh, when they went lost the trial. And um, conspiracies use weapon of mass destruction resulting in death. Use of weapon of mass destruction resulting in death. One count, two counts here. Um, because remember, he killed people on the bombing, and then he also killed Sean Collier on the on the uh, on the nineteenth. Uh, uh, the defendant sentences are provided in pages. 2 through 11 of the judgment, the sentence is imposed pursuant to Sentencing Reform Act of 1984. This is the judge that signed it. This is the date it was imposed. And then January 15th, 2016. I think this was, oh yeah, this was the trial. Because uh, he went to trial like three years later, guys. Um, and obviously a big case like this, it has a lot. So uh, mm, this should have the goddamn thing. Let's go here. Okay, so look at this, man. All these charges and all the different counts right? Possession of use of firearm, retaliation, crime of violence, right? All of these crimes. Different counts. Additional counts of conviction. So, yeah, so this is what he was, this is what he was actually convicted of, guys. <laughs> All right? The convicted, but found beyond a reasonable doubt. Two pages of this stuff. Oh, no, three pages of it. All right? Imprisonment, the defendant is hereby committed to the custody of the United States Bureau of Prisons to be imprisoned for a term of, upon the jury's verdict, the defendant is sentenced to death on counts 4, 5, 9, 10, 14, and 15, continued on page 6. So, um, yeah, a couple of these crimes carry the death penalty, guys, right? So, he was sentenced to death. Now, you guys are, now, you guys are, uh, I'm going to show you guys how to find somebody in the Bureau of Prisons, okay? So, I'm going to teach you guys something real quick. Uh, so you're going to go on Google, right? If you if you know someone's in federal custody, this is how you find it. You go ahead, you come in here, Google, and you're going to go and type in inmate locator US BOP. Bam. Then you're going to go ahead and go in here, right? And we know his first name, even though I suck at spelling it. This is definitely a copy-paste name. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit, let me, where the hell did I put it? Yeah. Find an inmate. Okay, there we go. <laughs> D Z H O A H A R, and then last name T S R A R N A E V. All right, so that's how you do it. And then you're going to go ahead and click search. Comes right up. This is where he's at. Set release date, death sentence. 28 years old now. Wow. He's almost 30. Wow. Um, and you guys are probably wondering, where is he at? USP Florence, Ad Max. Guys, this is the, the, this is where they have the worst of the worst, man. All the terrorists, all the worst criminals are here, guys. This is the the, the Max Penitentiary. It's located in Colorado. Um, and yeah, Fremont County. Yeah, this this is not, this, this is the worst of the worst, guys, here. He's locked up, guys, 23 hours per day. Uh, he only gets one hour... I think maybe for some food and like uh, exercise. 
So, yeah. And then also, I got this article for y'all. Because he appealed the death sentence a few times. Supreme Court, and this was released recently, guys, actually, March 4, 2022. Supreme Court upholds death sentence of Boston Marathon bomber Zokar Sarnev. The Supreme Court on Friday upheld the death sentence of Zokar Sarnev, one of the two brothers responsible for the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing, which led to the deaths of three spectators and a police officer reversing a lower court decision. The ruling was 6-3 along conservative liberal lines. Zokar Sarnev committed a heinous crimes, Justice Clarence wrote, for the majority the Sixth Amendment nonetheless guaranteed him a fair trial before an impartial jury. He received one. The justice's ruling reversed a federal appeals court that in 2020 had wiped away the death sentence for Sarnev and ordered a new penalty uh, phase trial. At the time, the lower court said that Sarnev would remain in prison for the rest of his life for an unspeakable brutal act, but that the trial court had made mistakes regarding issues related to pretrial publicity as well as the exclusion of evidence that might have helped Sarnev's case. So um, and Matt, I think I have that document here for you guys to show you real quick. Um, it's right here. I'm going to pull it up for y'all because um, this is the Supreme Court opinion right here. All right. This thing was long as fuck. We're not going to read all of it, but I'm just going to show you guys like what kind of what is that? And we got through. We've been going for three hours. God damn. Yeah, I'm over here dying because unlike you, I don't know how you make it all night. Yeah, I'm, I am. Well, you're uh, also wearing a comfy sweatshirt. I'm jealous. Yeah, well, what are you wearing? You, your boobs are comfortable, too. They're not comfortable right now. I'm ready to take this off whenever. <laughs> All right. Not uh, in that way, people. Please oh, uh, do you not take up. it that way. You fucked yeah, up. The I just feel like crazy. I'm super fucked You fucked up. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. You done goof no, now. No, it's just tight. You done goof it's now, man. Tight. You done fucking goofed. I need a t-shirt. They're all like, here it comes. They, I mean, they're just like, she wants attention. Eventually she wants attention guys. I bought these for myself. Me showing them to you guys is just like, you're welcome. I ain't gonna lie. I, I did tell her where guys, I, I wanted you guys to, you know, enjoy yourselves a little yeah, bit while like we break appreciate, down this case. Exactly. Yeah, man. You know, appreciate, appreciate her surgeon's the, work. Like, the terrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah Cause a, there's a lot of terrible stuff here. Terrible stuff. Um, uh, okay, so guys, I got the Supreme Court thing. So I'm now what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up for you guys real fast. The um, here's the Supreme Court document that, that they were talking about. Supreme Court decision. So this is it, guys. Right? We're we're not going to go through all of it, but this is the Supreme Court document that led to them basically saying like, "Nah, we gotta. This dude gotta die. <laughs> yeah, this nigga gotta die. You know." And they, <laughs> and they, if I'm going to put it nicely, like. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, this nigga got bro. Done. Because basically they had they had reversed it. They were going to get rid of the death sentence, and then they it went up through the Court of Appeals, went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and uh, they basically were like, nah, he's, he's got to die, bro. So, um, okay. So back to me. Yeah, uh, back to you. My bad. Uh, so. Sorry, guys. Um, okay, so he, so he had got the death penalty wiped away originally uh, in 2020. Uh, at the time, the lower court said that Sarnev will remain in prison for the rest of his life for an unspeakable brutal act, but the trial court had made mistakes regarding issues related to pretrial publicity as well as the exclusion of evidence that might have helped Sarnev's case. Sarnev was convicted in 2015 in the deaths of Christy Campbell, Martin Richard, and uh, Lingzi Lu at the Marathon of Massachusetts uh, and Massachusetts Institute of Technology Police Officer Sean Collier. Uh, Collier. 
Several days later, among the charges, hundreds were injured after Sarnev and his brother Tamerlan set off two shrapnel bombs near the finish line, leaving sidewalks strewn with BBs, nails, metal scraps, and gl- glass fragments. Tamerlan would later die in a gunfight with police. Mazokar is being held in federal prison on Florence, Colorado, away- following his guilty verdict. So he's, yeah, he's been, he's back sentenced to death, guys. Uh, also, the Trump administration initially asked the Supreme Court to step in and reinstate the original sentence. The Biden administration renewed the, renewed the request, calling Sarnev a terrorist who acted in furtherance of jihad and urging the justices to restore the jury's recommendation of death after the carnage at the finish line. It is unclear whether Sarnev would actually be put to death given the Biden administration's position on the federal death penalty. Currently, there is a moratorium of federal execution as the uh, as the government studies the issue. Over the years, survivors and family members have split on whether Sarnev sh- uh, should get the death penalty. Guys, in the chat, give me a one in the chat if you guys think you should get the death penalty. Give me a two if you guys think you should uh, just get life. One in the chat if you guys think you should get death Two in the chat, you guys think you should get um, uh, life. One for death, two for life. Sounds so ominous when you say it like that. Okay, the chat. Well, what are we looking at? How are we looking, uh, Amanda? I would say mostly ones, only if They want choose. him dead? Yeah. I think he should sit People in prison. People want death. Yeah, I, I think he should sit in prison and suffer because that prison sucks. You know, yeah, people don't want to hear what I have to think about that. I just think ahead, bullets say, are you... like they like. Here's the problem with the death penalty, right? There's a problem either way. You end up paying for these people for a long time. Yes, like being in a terrible prison is worse, but it's like I don't know if it's. But at the same time, I would rather just some some terrible criminals, right? Just let's. I think bullets are cheap, but you know, you have to wait for all their appeals and blah, 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 blah. And like lethal injection is not a cheap thing. It's ridiculous. You go, they're kind of expensive now. Everything's kind of expensive now. It's kind of, I mean, but (laughs) unless you're thrown in like solitary confinement and like acts of violence regularly happen to you, is it really worse to get to live for a long time? What if you make friends with other prisoners and stuff? You don't know how they're going to live. Here, I'm going to show you guys some pictures, too. So this picture is iconic, guys. This is uh, when they caught him. Images just released of the Boston bombing suspect, Jahar Sarnayev. And the guy that released these images got in trouble with the Massachusetts State Police, by the way. Covered in blood as he was being arrested by police. You know, as Brian Todd has the behind-the-scenes photo for us. Uh, Brian, what is going on here? Why are these photos now being released? Well, if these photos are jarring, first we have to say this. Incredible photos released by a sergeant with the Massachusetts State Police. He got in trouble for that shit. Murphy. He is a tactical photographer. He was infuriated by the release of the Rolling Stone cover, by the picture of Jahar Sarnayev on the Rolling Stone cover. He felt it was disrespectful and an insult to law enforcement. So he, on his own, has released these pictures. Yeah, you guys remember. I don't know if you guys are old enough to, if you guys remember this. They put him on the cover of Rolling Stones, as Rolling Stone, and this magazine cover caused a lot of backlash. And this is why, like, a lot of terrorists now or, like, criminals don't get put on the cover of magazines anymore. This one right here. Pictures 
to Boston Magazine, and he's given uh, at least a short interview and some quotes to Boston Magazine to accompany these pictures. Uh, here's, you see them right here. These are images never seen before of the capture of Jahar Tsarnaev from uh, that, that boat that was in you guys uh, see the, the red dot on his head? house in Watertown, Massachusetts on April Snipers 19th, were on him. night none of us will really ever forget. These are some pictures, again, never seen before of Jahar Tsarnaev's capture. Sergeant Murphy said that he wanted people to see this as the face of terrorism and not that rolling... Here he is. Red dot in his head. Surrendering. He, he was, you know, hiding underneath the boat. And while he was hiding there, guys, uh, for a while, he was writing a bunch of, like, you know, things, anti-American sentiments. Stone cover. A couple of quotes from him that he felt... That this- and if you guys remember, this is the same hoodie he was wearing when he was in the gas station with the Asian guy. Was insulting. Quote, I hope that people who see these images will know that this was real. It was as real as it gets. And he <clears> believes <throat> this is the better image of terrorism than that Rolling Stone cover wolf. Again, let's look at these pictures again. You see in this one, in- they're telling the reason why he's raising a shirt like that, guys, is because the police I already know they probably told them, lift up your sweater so we know you don't have a gun on, lift up your waistband. In particular, the laser scope paint of uh, basically the targeting of Jahar Sarnayev on his head. They've got the laser scope from their rifles on his head as he emerges from that boat. Very, very dramatic. You see him pulling his shirt up when they asked him to, you know, they asked him to do that to make sure he had no weapons on him. So he does. See, I already knew that just from looking at the picture. That with the laser scopes on his head. There's a picture of him climbing out of the boat. You see him swinging his leg over the boat right there. There is another picture of him with a laser scope on it. Uh, That's a picture of them attending to, I believe, one of his feet uh, after his capture. Again, very dramatic photos. And there's the, there's the one we were just referencing. Just as he's emerging, you see the scope right on his forehead. They were trained on him in case anything happened. There was a bunch of different uh, special response teams that were there. Now, let's talk about um, what his life is going to be like when he's in prison, guys. So uh, here, let's uh, boom. Warden uh, of, that, of that prison. Robert, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Thank you for joining us, certainly. Uh, tell us what, what life is going to be like for him if he does, in fact, head there. Yeah, most likely, uh, if we go by history, he would be heading to the Supermax regardless of the sentence, whether it be death or if he did get sentenced to life imprisonment. But um, it's a pretty tough place. It's on 640 acres. Uh, the, the overall facility is. There's several prisons there beyond the Supermax. This is before he got sentenced and, and actually put there, guys. But now we know he's there. So they're giving you guys what his life is going to be like behind bars. And uh, the life would be rough. Uh, even just pulling up to the front door, there's uh, six gun towers at the Supermax, six gun towers at the facility next door. So he'll be watched from the first time uh, the bus or plane or however they transport him uh, occurs. Uh, once you're inside, it's clean. It's very impressive-looking building, but then, then again, beyond the sanitation of it, it's a very quiet place. Uh, he would be in a cell that's seven by twelve feet, uh, be in there uh, 23 hours a day, and basically have a cement and steel type of uh, furniture arrangement. Having a shower that's inside the cell, uh, most likely, if, if I'm, I'm assuming they're going to put him in a certain place. Um, but it's uh, it's all cement. It's uh, very uh, controlled by electronic gates, hundreds of cameras, uh, staff, uh, you know, and, and limited limited uh, accessibility to other inmates. 
Yeah, you, you, that was my next question. You say limited uh, accessibility to other inmates. What will be his contact with other inmates, if any? Well, again, uh, there will be no physical contact. So the fact that you know when you're going down the hallway or you're being escorted by numerous staff and leg irons and a belly chain and handcuffs, which is the only way you'll be escorted at the Supermax, uh, you know you might be passing some location where an inmate could see him. But again, there's no interaction. There's uh, it, it truly is a 23-hour-a-day lockdown, um, and in most cases, that's what they have for the entire time that they're there. What privileges uh, will he have within his cell? 23 hours a day in solitary, to me, is 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 I don't know, is mind-blowing. To be, you must watch how this impacts some of uh, the. So yeah, guys, it's it's not a fun place, which is why I think personally they should he should just get life and they shouldn't kill him because uh, killing him is going to be uh, too easy. Um, and then also, just so you guys know, I went ahead and Googled this up real fast. Some of the worst criminals that this place houses at the ADX in Florence, Colorado. Uh, so he, your boy uh, Zokar is going to be sharing uh, his living space with some pretty uh, eh, good, in the, pretty notorious individuals. Terry Nichols, domestic terrorist, Oklahoma City bomber, save, serving 161 consecutive life sentences. If you guys don't remember this, I think this guy helped out Timothy McVeigh. Yes, he did. Uh, Timothy McVeigh, while the pair were serving in the U.S. Army in the late 80s, they both became vehemently a vehement anti-government conspiracy theorist studied bomb making together at gun shows. And in 1995, the pair conspired to destroy the Alfred P. Mora federal building, in Oklahoma city. The bomb, uh, the bombs ultimately killed 168 people, including 19 young children and babies. Okay. And then he has also Robert P. Hansen was an FBI agent for 25 years, 1976, to 2001. During that time, he sold thousands of classified documents to Soviet and Russian intelligence, pocketing at least 1.4 million. By the time he was caught in 2001, Hassan pled guilty. Uh, Hansen pled guilty to 14 counts of espionage and one uh, one of a conspiracy to commit espionage and was sentenced to 15 consecutive life turns. Hansen's treason was called possibly the worst intelligence disaster in U.S. history by William H. Webster, the chairman of the Commission for the Review of FBI Security Programs. Ramsey Ahmed Youssef, on February 26, 1993, a 1,300-pound nitrate hydrogen bomb was detonated in the parking garage of the North Tower of the World Trade Center downtown New York City, killing six people and injuring thousands. Yusuf escaped to Pakistan after the attack and wasn't apprehended until 1995 when he was sentenced to life plus 240 years and told the courts he was proud of his identity as a terrorist. In all, seven people were told uh, were uh, known to be responsible for the WTC attack though only six were caught. Abdul Rahman Yassin, still at large, and the FBI is offering up to $5 million for any information. Richard Lee McNair, the Oklahoma man was convicted of murder, attempted murder and burglary for which he received two life sentences, but that's not what put him in ADX. It was McNair's three successful escapes that would land him in the, in the semi-permanent solitary confinement. The first was 1988, where he used lip balm as a lubricant to shimmy off his handcuffs while he was being held for questioning in North Dakota County Jail. An elaborate chase ensued, and he was caught, but that hardly deterred McNair. He, next, Ted John Kaczynski. Uh, now 78-year-old Ted Kaczynski grew up in Chicago suburb and was by all means a brilliant and prophetic student when he was admitted to Harvard University, took part in the three-year ethical, uh, ethically questionable psychological, psychological study that some would speculate have attributed to his later extremist beliefs and behavior. He went on to earn a doctorate in mathematics, and soon in 1971, he began his her, uh, hermetic life in secluded cabin in Montana. It was here he would pen his famous uh, manifesto industrial society and its future and began a 17 year effort to sabotage what he called the industrial technological system. In all, he mailed 16 homemade bombs that ultimately killed three people before he was found in 1996. And this is also AKA the Unabomber bomber. Okay. 
Um, and then Master Escapist is Richard Mc- McClare. Uh, there's a couple others here. And then we got obviously our boy Zokar <laughs> is here. Oh, and then uh, who else? Okay, Des- uh, Michael Swangle, serial killer named Dr. Death, serving three consecutive life terms. Michael Swangle, born Joseph Michael Swangle, was a physician who spent most of the 1980s and 90s using his medical license to poison patients and sometimes colleagues, despite thoroughly creeping out. Oh, where is it? What, what, Amanda? No, I just said, geez. I'm like, Lord, and his colleagues, not yeah. even just patients. Yeah. He's like, yo, he was tight. you upset me today. You got a special donut. Yeah. Like, like dang. Dude, yeah, man. Nobody's safe. Yeah, this nigga crazy. Uh, he earned his degree from Southern uh, Illinois University Medical School, uh, School of Medicine, including being caught faking checkups during OBG. <laughs> My man was looking at pussies. Hey, I'm an OBGYN. Let's show me that pussy. <laughs> oh, it's infected. I need Get to help it out. It out. Oh. Which I tell you guys all the time, don't eat box. But some of these dudes are crazy. My man out here being a doctor saying, yo, son, I need to check that. Check out that fucking box. Uh, this is where his prolific career as a serial killer would purportedly begin. It is believed that Swango murdered more than 60 people, often by poisoning them with arsenic or intentionally overdosing them with something they were prescribed Though he could only be challenged with four homicides, Swangle was sentenced to life in prison in 2000. And then, obviously, the guy we just read about, um, the the oh, um, real quick, I know you had did some research. What radicalized them real fast? Everything that um, I looked up basically said the older brother. What was his name? Uh, Tamerlan. Yeah, you're better at pronouncing than I am, but um. He was he a was one that more, hated the United States, right? Yeah, more extreme. Like sound like he had just like a some rough goes in life, and okay. his parents went back to that area of Russia. Yeah, yeah, and um, it kind of seems like the little brother just got down with him. As insane yeah, as that he, sounds, he, he they were like, him. yeah. And I think that's what Zokar's defense um, mostly did was they they relied upon, hey, he's young, he's only eighteen. His brother was a huge influence on him because his brother was like in a, I think late 20s early 30s guys so he was the one that was like putting you know uh, they they try to argue he was the one that radicalized zokar um because he was young and impressionable um and then we got uh obviously the brothers were radicalized by al-qaeda and built two pressure cooker bombs right as we know so um let's see here okay and we'll send to death by lethal injection in july 2020 a court overturned zokar's death sentence uh, in, in July 2020, a federal appellas, uh, appeals court overturned Zokar's death sentence, a decision that would be reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court sometime in 2021. The confiscation of items he uh, brought from the prison commissary and limited access to showers were cited in the complaint. But like we know now, the, the U.S. Supreme Court basically upheld his de- his uh, death sentence. Um, in 2020, they they basically, you know, they uh, they uh, overturned it, told them, hey, we're not going to kill him. But now they made it back and they will. Uh, he's gonna. He's back to death. Okay, Larry Hoover. Feel like Big Meech. Larry Hoover. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. That's what you were like, that song believe... in your too. Yeah, I didn't. I can't believe I didn't look this guy up. Yeah. Uh, so a transplant from Mississippi to Chicago, Larry Hoover got involved in gangs at just 13 years old. He was a member of Supreme Gangsters, which later merged in, with a rival gang to become the Black Gangster Disciple Nation. Hoover, a.k.a. King Larry, commissioned the killing of a drug dealer named William Young, who he suspected was stealing drugs and money from the gangster disciples in 1973 and was sentenced to 150 to 200 years. However, federal investigation is said to have uncovered decades of Hoover gang leadership in prison, which included overseeing his lucrative business and more than 30,000 gang members 
through 35 states in 1995. Hoover was convicted of drug conspiracy and extortion and moved to ADX. So basically, guys, he got arrested. Then he was uh, they had an investigation on him while he was in prison and they found that he was still um, ordering uh you know, drug trafficking and crimes while in prison. So they got him racketeering. And then obviously in Chicago, uh, Kanye West asked President Trump to pardon Hoover that same year. Trump signed the First Step Act for which West and his estranged wife, Kim Kardashian, lobbied into law. The First Step Act addresses superfluous and discriminatory drug sentencing and aims to improve prison conditions. It also resulted in the release of 3,100 inmates for good behavior. Federal agents urged against applying any clemency to Hoover, however, who was suspected to be uh, continuing to pull strings in the gang world using coded language sent from prison. Uh, uh, Mamdoua Mahmoud Salim. Okay, in 1988, uh, Al-Qaeda co-founder, serving a life sentence, uh, attended a prison with Osama bin Laden and a roundtable of others to discuss starting a terrorist organization that became known as Al-Qaeda. The Sudanese terrorist suspected crimes are innumerable, but he was arrested in Germany in uh, 1998 for his role in the U.S. Embassy bombings in Kenya and Tanzania. This guy's Sudanese? Do you feel an instant connection? No, because... I was like, dang. Hold on, let me look this up real fast. Uh, Chat, y'all want me to look this up? Let's see here. Yeah, it's him right here. Man, that's an embarrassment. Yep, Sudanese. Uh, Yeah, he's he's in Colorado right now. Indictment for the embassy bombings. 157 page indictment. God damn. Yeah, he's done. Finding an Al-Qaeda. I did not know that. Sudan. Yeah, some Sudanese guys are light-skinned like this, by the way. There's a lot of, like, a lot of Sudanese are are, are very light-skinned. So, uh, all right. He was sentenced to 32 years, but after stabbing a prison guard in a botched escape attempt, he was uh, resentenced to life without parole in 2010. Hey, dummy, you could have been, you could have been uh, free by now. Stupid. All right, Richard C. Reid, Reed, uh, also an Al- and he was a shoe bomber. Okay, also an Al Qaeda member, British-born Richard Reid uh, is who you can thank for having to take off your shoes every time you go through TSA. Oh, that's this is the nigga. <laughs> you bro, don't have TSA pre-check. This is him. Come on, bro. I always like what like yo. Now it makes sense, man. This fucking guy, bro. Damn. <laughs> Is this, am I going to really have to give you like $85 for a TSA pre-check? No, I, well, here's you, the thing. I can, I can, this man remember, like has money and you don't have TSA pre-check. Well, remember I was an agent for years and I used to fly armed everywhere. So I didn't need to, uh, take off your shoes. I didn't either? need to take my shoes off. We, I used to, I didn't go through oh, security. So this was like a new thing. For yeah. It you. was a new thing. So like when I went, okay. when okay. I finally, I, I, I will retract my statement yeah, then. Yeah. I went back into I was like, through security. How have you not? I was like the token white person they pulled over like after 9-11 because it couldn't just be tan people, right? Because then it'd be seen as racist. So we had to choose a really white person. Yeah, they got to pull you over. So I was the one, right? They were testing for bombs and stuff. So I I appreciate the 85 bucks for TSA pre-check, man. Yeah, no, it's not bad. But the thing is, is that um, the the issue is that, uh, you know, you you go through like because I I had I had been flying armed for years. And then like, you know, I'll never forget. I took my first domestic flight. Well, I was an agent and I was going through security. I was like, yo, this sucks. What the hell? I got to take my shoes off my belt. What the fuck? You're like, I'm a normal person. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and they told me to crap. dump my water out. This Bro, is crap. Yo, they told me to dump my water out. I was like, what? 
I can't you guys have know. water on the plane. I, yo, I, you guys know I'll carry this gallon everywhere, bro. So I was like, oh, I can't bring water on the plane, bro. It was it was terrible. But uh, anyway, so this guy, um, he was tackled by passengers and arrested after the emergency landing at Logan International Airport in Boston. He was charged with eight counts of terrorism, received three life sentences, plus 110 years since parole. Dwight York, pedophile cult leader. Uh, okay, Dwight York, a.k.a. Malichi Z. York, founded the New Webian Nation in the late 1960s, a group grew from a seemingly benign black Muslim group into a black nationalist cult with widely inconsistent and bizarre ideas, including the belief in UFOs, hatred of white people, and worshiping Egypt. Strange. So I guess uh, <laughs> I guess they hate you, uh, Amanda. Olympic Park bomber serving two life sentences. Uh, born and raised in the Southeast, Eric Rudolph spent uh, time as a teenager at a compound in Missouri for members of the Church of Israel, Christian denomination born of the Letter Day Saint movement. He, uh, his time there influences radicalization. Rudolph uh, Rudolph, a high school dropout and U.S. Army veteran, would go to commit a series of bombings that were meant to be political attacks on global socialism and the homosexual agenda. Damn, bro, you don't gotta, you got these dudes really be mad at gay people, man. All right, so hey, those are those are some people that are going to be in prison with your boy Zokar, or actually are in prison with him right now. And uh, yeah, that 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 uh, Colorado jail is no joke, guys, no joke at all. So. All right, let's post some of these super chats and close this bad boy out. We've been going for almost four hours. Three hours and 34 minutes. Yeah. I love you guys. And we've been ha- we've had 1,200 of you guys in here a lot of the time. Did you guys, guys, give me some ones in the chat. You guys really enjoyed that. I know I just stopped the show a couple of times to pull up videos and everything, but I figured that would be a little bit more entertaining than me just reading a criminal complaint the whole time. Give me ones in the chat if you guys enjoyed it. Uh, give me twos in the chat if you thought it was trash, which if you thought it was trash, is fine. Understandable. <laughs> uh Okay. He would blame it on me. So I, I 100% worry. I'll blame it on you. It's your fault, man. The fucking garbage co-host. All right. Being humbled, Mo7, 20 bucks. Hey, Martin, when you have Amanda on the After Hour show, you should bring on Dollface as well with Rolo Tomasi on the same panel. Sure, it'll be a good dialogue. Amanda, no hate here. You're amazing. No cap. Welcome back. Keep hustling, Martin. Yeah, she'll, she, uh, she's going to be on with, with Rolo. She knows Rolo pretty well. <laughs> me? Yeah. It was on the panel uh, when yeah, you were. Yeah, no, uh, I talk. know. I thought, I didn't know if you were talking about this other person. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Ricardo Vasquez, Myron. Thank you so much, bro. Appreciate that. Five bucks. Uh, okay, I'm going to make sure I get every single chat, man. And thank you guys so much for the support. What are they saying in the chat, by the way, on your side, uh, Amanda? On my side? Yeah, are they, is it ones or yeah, is it twos? Yeah, there's pretty much all ones, man. Your Who, people love you. What, are any twos, though? Man, I, 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 I could like take constructive criticism. Twos. Five twos? Okay. Fair enough. And probably gotta make 21. It I will uh I will have more links ready to go. It's just that as I'm reading the complaint, I get ideas. I'm like, yo, you know what? I need to fucking put this up. Uh okay, so let me make sure I get all the um hey guys, I appreciate all the, the donations greatly, man. Really, really, really do. All that money goes into, you know, obviously making the content better and uh researching and everything else like that. As you guys know, having pacer is not free, costs money. So uh, yeah, man, I pretty much use that money to pay for the Pacer account and uh, search stuff for y'all. Uh, man, do you got anything you want to tell the people But while I pull up the rest, of the last of these Super Chats? Um, profound. That profound. Yeah, at this point, I'm tired. This is what happens. You guys go all night and I'm like, all right, guys. It's like two o'clock. But um, I'm happy to be back. Love me, don't hate me. 
Useless. You let me <laughs> useless. All right, let me go back. All right, so I got uh, Alba Ace two dollars. You should do Boozy's murder case. He beat. Okay, I could do that. That's state though. I hate state cases, but I can do that. Two bucks from Daniel NTX. Do the Austin Serial package bomber next. Okay. Oh, uh, I heard about this Austin Serial package bomber. Okay. Uh, being humbled one. Uh, Mo, oh, thank you so much for the donation earlier. Ricardo Vasquez, my Ron. Uh, two bucks from Hood Ninja Fresh. Free the jacket. <laughs> I think uh, I think they want to see your boobs. Hood Ninja Fresh, wear your shirt at, lady. Uh, Kareem, Kareem Hall, what's good? Big ups uh, to you on the gang. I work in the restaurant next to the Mandarin Hotel. Rami's Kitchen, dope to know that you're familiar with Massachusetts. Of course, bro. I, I Man, I spent four years living in Massachusetts and, and Boston, man. So that's why I was able to remember all these things. Cardi Bands, five bucks. Please close your jacket. I can't concentrate. Okay, Big Al. Tommy Soto wants those tatas. Okay. Uh, Moe's Old Pants. How about doing a series of shorts on Agent uh, Myron investigating Ninja Byron? Kiwa of the great work. City Boys, we up. Do you kick my dogs? Benchwood, uh, Karan Kaur, Amari. Uh, that was you and Akash working the gas station to register. <laughs> okay, thank you, you motherfucker. Black Sunday, you guys have a fucking Amanda dying here. She, yeah, she's, she laughs at the racist jokes behind the scenes. I love it. Or in, or in this case, openly. It's not fair. Like, look how nice and tan you look, and I just look like a Casper. Yo, you could be tanning too, bro. Why, why, why aren't you tanning? Uh, because people are already giving me a hard time. I'm 32. Imagine what I would look like if I just. Have you seen like old white ladies that just lay out in the sun every day? Yeah, it's pretty bad. They look like old leather. So. <laughs> you got a great future. You will be leather as well soon. Dick Max. <laughs> Dick Maximus. So Asian escape you. is why you need cardio. Yeah, you saw that. My man was running. Is that Asian dude Ryan Higa? LMAO. Good. He a runner. He's a track star. <laughs> That's from Gracie Habib. Daniel NTX. Can you do the Austin, Texas serial package bomber in future episode? I will look that up. Can you look it up real quick on your phone, Amanda? Yes. Austin serial killer uh, package. Um, ready to hear her view on men after her convo with Kevin and new experience since then. Okay. Uh, ups most. Oh, I forgot to send message. Uh, yo, does anybody know why I can't super chat fresh to fit when they go live? It says unable to send message no matter what. I'm losing my mind. Uh, Upmost. It might be that you're using certain words that we banned. Uh, Juicy Smollett, when you gonna do my case? I got 150 days in jail. Okay, bro. Marina Gaines, I'm not a troll. I'm your daughter denying me. Okay. Curly Head Gang XXX at work watching the live. Keep grinding. Thank you so much. Upmost, five bucks. Alberto, five bucks. Got to give to her. She is gorgeous. Okay. I think that's a compliment to you. Oh, thank Sophie you. L. Somebody, one person. Appreciate you. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Sophie L, donation earlier, Kelly 209. Uh, great vid Myron. The rapper cases are cool, but I think this is the best one yet. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you enjoy it, man. Uh, Camino kill 12, five bucks. They asked for any footage. The, okay. Read that one. That's from Kino kill Daniel NTX. Thank you so much. Myrina Gaines, Mo's old pants, mass Brofect, Um, Christian Warsham. Uh, he asked if you're going to be on the, after our show tomorrow, are you going to be on the one tomorrow? Are you going to be on the one Tuesday? Or are you going to be on both? I'm not sure right now. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> Terrible cause. Terrible. Terrible. Worthless. Uh, okay, five bucks from Big Al. Amanda's back. Does, she, does this mean she finally saw the light? A little bit, man. A little bit. <laughs> Jonathan Hogue with $10. That means a lot of bit. When they called every cop in the city, I was driving to work. No cops meant no speed traps. I may or may not have been flying down I-95 doing 130 miles per hour. Hey, my nigga. <laughs> Smart. Uh, first super chat. Would you ever consider con covering the Darian Jarrett case since it was an HSI blunder that looks like it got swept under the rug? Darian Jarrett case. Can you can you uh, search that one too, Amanda? Yes. Darian Jarrett. Um, 
Darian, Darian Jarrett. Okay, I'll look that up too. Uh, just here to show my support. I'll watch this soon. I have a lot of others to catch up on. Been watching Donovan's old videos. Cool. Check out Donovan as well. And that was from Desmond Montgomery. Camino Kill 12. Uh, Myron, I was working downtown at the time. I was at the finish line when... Uh, I was at the finish line when the first ones came across the line left. And 30 minutes later, there will be two bombs go off crazy. Wow, dude. Glad you got out of there and you didn't get hurt, man. Myron inner bomber came out fond memories. Fuck y'all niggas. All right. Uh, five bucks. Amari Myron really quick before we start. Can we a uh, regular black ninjas? Okay. I think Quran core just dropping in the support is FNF doing a call on show Friday. Yes. Okay. I think. And then Baltzar's uh, Barrows. A dollar. Thank you so much. And then there's, uh, their sister was my. Oh, here we go. Baltzar Barrows goes five dollars. Their sister was my eighth grade. Uh, was my eighth grade girlfriend, and the younger brother was friends with my good friend's younger brothers. One went to jail behind this crazy story. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Um, Amanda, where can the people find you? My Instagram is oh hey, it's ak. Cool. It's really simple. I don't know how. Like people are making it complicated. And it's they don't not... mean academics, guys. It's oh hey, it's AK. Yeah, my initials are A K. Wait, it's oh hey, it's AK? Yeah. Like O H? Yeah. O H H E Y A K. No. O H E Y. Oh, just O. T S. Okay, yeah, I oh. make it real easy. Okay. Well, if you guys want to go ahead and send her a dick pic, feel free to do so. <laughs> and uh and then someone said Silver Sable is back. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, love you guys. Um, y- yep, she's getting piped by Myron. No, that is not true, guys. She is going back to her hotel. That's what she's doing. She's getting out, and I'm going to call another like, girl. I instead. don't want these problems. Yeah, 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 he's got a whole list of like much younger girls. There we go. Uh, hey, man. Uh, he senior citizen. Me. Yeah, so senior citizen. We're gonna we're gonna go eat, and she going home. So, uh, but you guys will see her tomorrow, and we'll catch you guys. Uh, love you guys. Um, money Monday tomorrow. I think we're going to cover stocks and in the uh, ETFs and index funds, guys. Uh, don't forget to like the video and also subscribe to the channel, guys, and catch us tomorrow at six. Peace. Oh, wait, hold on. I didn't even have the brand ready. I fucked that one up. You got any last messages for them then before I pull up this shit? Good night, guys. Great right. to see you. Later, guys. Uh, NCIS. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Let's, let's break this down too. Uh, okay. So NCIS, Army CID, or AKA.